Blog Talk Radio. Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. Good evening, everybody. I'm Rich Yelman. Welcome to the first day of March. Wow, look at that. Just like that, 28 days in and out. Basketball season going to be wrapping up here this weekend in high school sports in South Carolina. It has been a fast and furious February, to say the least. Of course, I'm Rich Yelman, alongside Eugene Benton on the other side of the glass, taking your calls throughout the night. Oh, and it's going to be a good night to call in because we've got a great group of uh, coaches ready to set up with us. Of course, David Shelton is back in here with us. He'll be on the way to Bishop England, by the way. The ladies doing some basketball here on a Monday night. Uh, he'll be talking a little bit about uh, what it looks like, what it's been like, what was February like for high school sports here in South Carolina. Of course, he works with multiple uh, different areas, different units. But, of course, uh, he does an incredible job at the Post and Courier. He's on our show. He's on the Bobby Harden show. He's, of course, on with Bill Cornblue during football season. I mean, David – Fairly rarely sleeps, I believe, but I know he eats at some of the greatest places in the state of South Carolina. So we'll ask him if he got a chance to eat. We'll ask him his thoughts on the wrestling as we had those coaches on last week, the championship coaches. Uh, we'll ask his thoughts, how they kind of how, how it worked out. Now, if you're here in the low country, you're not probably singing a whole lot of uh, excitement unless you're a couple of the ladies, I believe, like Bishop England. Or I believe maybe Woodland. I think they may still be playing. I know North Myrtle Beach, the ladies up there are still playing, but uh, not a whole lot of uh, excitement when you look at what we were not able to do in the lower state, the lower country uh, of uh, of high school basketball. Uh, we'll get more into that with David, kind of see where he feels the cutoff is. We're going to talk about that here tonight as well. And you can call in, like I mentioned, throughout tonight by reaching out to one three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. Again, the number to call is one. Three two three seven eight four nine six eight one. It was a great weekend, though, overall here in uh, Charleston, as uh, we were definitely, uh, I guess it was a preview of maybe what's to come here in the great spring of 21, because we were looking about 81 degrees on Saturday, close to 81 on Sunday. Today, very close to 80 degrees, a little bit overcast there towards the end of the day. Rain kind of in and out, sprinkles, if you will. But still a great weekend for athletics, a great weekend of uh, 
of just action as uh, Co- uh, Coach Jackson was back in town here. Of course, he does the Low Country groundwork. He was over there, of course, on uh, Saturday and Sunday doing his thing with the offensive defensive linemen. And then, of course, uh, we were very fortunate, and I actually had a chance on Sunday to check out uh, Perry Orth and uh, a corporal of uh, his guys. They came in here and uh, did some things yesterday. And uh, it was, uh, man, it was good to see so many young kids. And, I mean, he had them anywhere from it looked like fifth grade all the way to graduating this year. So, to me, it's fun to see guys coming in our community, getting our kids out. And I want to give a shout-out, as I did to Coach Jackson, but let's talk about the South Carolina Elite Low Country Skill Camp that happened yesterday. First of all, Coach Johnny Waters and the First Baptist Group uh, did an incredible Incredible job opening up their facility at First Baptist. My first, by the way, visit over to First Baptist on James Island. Very impressed. But I want to give a shout-out, of course, QB1 Athletics. That is, of course, uh, a handful of guys that do their thing there. Perry Orth is part of that conversation. Bailey Hart is part of that. And then, of course, Spinet Athletics. Yep, that's uh, Stephen Garcia, the Gamecock quarterback. All three Gamecock quarterbacks there. Uh, the receivers elite, of course, that was uh, coached up by Jacob August. He, of course, also played for the Gamecocks. And then on the DBs, yeah, we had some DB training going on while we were out there by B2C. Next man up, that is ran by Bakari Blunt, a former Burke Bulldog graduate there and uh, played some college ball up in the northern side of the world up there. Uh, we're going to get all those coaches on our show, but uh, it was a great job yesterday by all of those gentlemen uh, that did what they did to come out and, and get these young athletes out of the house, onto the field, and, and get some drills going. Uh, and to me, this is an opportunity, guys, as we know that, that we cannot take these days for granted. And for these guys to give time away from their families and their loved ones to come out and, and love on your loved ones, I think that's just a, a tip of the cap to all of those that were involved just yesterday. And, again, I want to say it one more time, uh, thank you, Johnny Waters, Coach Waters, who will be joining us, I'm sure, at some point here in the next couple of days to talk some football. But uh, for him to open his facility uh, just one of the great, many great coaches we have down here in the low country that continue to do uh, those type of things. So with that being said, Eugene, you took a trip. As I was down here in the low country covering all this stuff, you went up to uh, to Charlotte man, and uh, did what you did with, with some of the kickers from around the state of South Carolina. Man, talk to us about uh, how y'all's weekend went just yesterday. Yeah, it was a great trip. Um, you know, with this time of year, it's just- kind of like a, a, a head coach would drive guys, you know, to the elite 11 quarterback kind of things. Um, you know, you, you're not allowed to coach, but, you know, luckily up in uh, – we've made some relationships with some great, great, uh, well-connected training uh, – kicker training guys. Um, obviously, we were up uh, with in Charlotte with uh, Coach Dan Orner, uh, you know, and he was talking to the athletes on the field of trying to listen in a little bit. And, you know, I think right now, currently – on Power Five, that's Power Five Division One level, um, full scholarship guys. He has about uh, 65 guys on scholarship at Power Five schools throughout the country. And uh, you know, he was talking to the young men about recruiting and you know the depth here, getting moved around and things like that, and and what he can kind of do to help guys kind of reach that next level. And you know, they, it was pretty neat. A um, couple of guys. He also trains the guys in the NFL. Uh, Right there at the Super Bowl was kind of a big thing for him. He was at the Super Bowl. Uh, he's a personal trainer for uh, uh, Bradley Pinion, guy out of Calhoun Falls, South Carolina, played at Clemson, and just won a Super Bowl with the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So uh, that was cool. Uh, of course, um, I got some video uh, during the lunch break for the high school kids. 
uh, it was kind of a nice uh, session of kicking. We got to watch, uh, you know, Joey Sly, the kicker for the Panthers, man. Um, this guy's probably going to set the NFL record for the longest field goal. Currently, the longest field goal is 64 yards. He just missed a 67 this year against the Chiefs. I did see him. I got some videos of him hitting a couple uh, three from 61 that not only went through the pipes, but it went over a net behind the goal, you know, and into the woods. And uh, that was kind of fun to watch. Of course, B.T. Potter, Clemson kicker, was there. Uh, Mitch Jeter, the Gamecock kicker, was there. We just missed uh, um, uh, Park. Uh, he was there, the Gamecock kicker. Uh, I think about two hours beforehand, he was doing a private session trying to, you know, for the off season with the Gamecocks, making sure he's ready to go uh, for the for the upcoming season as well. Um, but you know, it was pretty good, and uh, a couple of the kids from Low Country did really well. I mean, the the kids that show up at this for Spec Ops is the top thirty kids in South Carolina, North Carolina, East Tennessee, uh, Virginia, and a little bit of Northern Georgia. And uh, two of the kids from Low Country did really well. Uh, big shout out to Oceanside's uh, two guys, Spencer McKinley finished um, in the final two. Uh, what uh, Coach Warner does is he kind of does this drill. And you stand on the sideline, and you have a ball in your hand, and that's it. And he starts a countdown from 15 seconds. you got 15 seconds to come in, put the ball down, and get it through the uprights, or you're disqualified. It started out at about 47 yards, and uh, McKinley took it out to 55. And uh, he made it to the final two with a kid from North Carolina. Um, I believe that young man's headed to uh, Boston College. But uh, So McKinley took it to the final two. And of course, uh, Coach Warner likes to throw little, uh, little, little uh, sideways things in there, a little trickeration, so to speak. And he kept calling timeouts to ice the guy. And he brought him to boombox. Everybody was crowded around. Uh, but yeah, it was pretty, pretty fun to watch. And proud of McKinley for taking it to that final two group. Um, and then uh, in the long ball field goal competition, that was just, uh, just you know, you could put it on the tee, uh, the holder, and kicking it off the ground. And um, the final three of all the kids from around the country that were there uh, came down to three kids from South Carolina. It was run by one by Drew Stevens from North Augusta. Uh, the other two was Coleman Franzone, the freshman kicker at Oceanside, and then the kicker, uh, Shepard, up at uh, Greenville. They were the final three in the long ball competition, and that's from all those five states. So shout out to the South Carolina guys. I mean, you know, we did. I've been doing some research with uh, the Florida Atlantic guys and uh, it's basically a master's study that they're doing at Florida Atlantic. And uh, if you look at the map throughout the country, uh, South Carolina per capita is the highest producing kickers or, or kicking state uh, of all of them. So it was pretty fun to watch. And like I said, you know, shout out to the South Carolina guys for representing. We had South Carolina guys in the final of every single competition there, uh, you know, in the competition round. So uh, it was pretty fun. But, you know, getting to see that NFL guy come in and kick balls, man. I mean, the guy looks like he could play linebacker. <laughs> He's huge. Joey Sly is huge. It's amazing to see somebody like that. And when he hits the ball, it just sounds like a cannon goes off. And, uh, again, you know, the guys at South Carolina and Clemson, you know, for coming and spending their time getting their training in. And then that second half, they're working with the high school kids as well. You know, trying to show them some expertise and just give them some tips and help coach the corner out. But overall, it was a very good experience. And, you know, it's kind of hard trying to film some of that stuff from the sideline. But, you know, rules are rules. So, uh, 
it, either way, it is, it's a great experience. I'm glad to be a part of it and glad Coach Warner uh, kind of lets us, you know, uh, be a part of that, you know, kicking the competition and those phases on the weekends. Yeah, no doubt there. Of course, Eugene spends a lot of time uh, kicking the ball around the football field with his guys. And, and I got to tell you something, you know, there are quarterback whispers, there's receiver whispers. This dude right here, if you got a kicker in your house and you want to get him to the next spot, that's the guy you want to go to. Of course, we're very blessed to have him part of our family here. Of course, uh, he's been here right at almost a year. I think that anniversary is coming around the corners. So we've got to look up some dates and make sure that we give him that, uh, I guess, cake, if you will, uh, later on down the road. Now, that being said, we've got to go to a break. We're going to break it up here uh, just for a little bit. And when we come back, we're going to talk about two different things. Number one, for those who are listening, I want to personally get you to understand why you have to pay the ticket price you got to pay, why you got to pay for the live stream and the price you got to pay. There's a reason for what's going on. We'll talk about that when we come back, and if we got time, and we may or may not in this room, but at some point either today or we'll table it for Wednesday, we're going to talk about this pinnacle thing. Because every day, and I mean every day, on somebody's site, somebody has to hit the send button and make a comment about why they should not or they should be in the high school league. We'll talk about that and lots more as the guest list follows. Coming up at 6.30, David Shelton with the Post and Courier. He'll be clicking in around 6.30 for about 15 minutes, so you don't want to go anywhere to be a quick segment. Then at 7 o'clock, we go out to Williamsburg County all the way to C.E. Murray. Smitty checking in. 7.30, we go out to Lexington High School with Perry Woolbright. Coach Woolbright checking in here. Excited to have him in here. Then at 8 o'clock to the upstate, T.O. Hanna. They made a run for the state championship. We'll have their Coach Tone joining us at 8 o'clock, 8.30. Coach Bryce Lebrand. He is the head coach over at Buford High School. We'll wait. We'll see how will that work itself out. And 8.30 still waiting to find out the 8.30 guest. So a quick break. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central. More of it right after this. Hey, yo. You ready? Let's do it. Got a problem with me? 
me. Black or not, they run around acting like the black don't care eat. And you know what? For some strange reason, I'm off of this medication, feeling deranged meeting. For y'all to put the word out. We ain't leaving. We trying to be rich before we all stop breathing. Therefore, we kind of hustle lane. Stay laying down our muscle game. Still turn to dreams to flame. You got the wire? If not, I ain't saying no name. You soon expire. No pain. I feel remorse for some closeness. Me and Diddy are first race of horses with the big twin valve exhausted. On the cover of your vibe, double X sounds and force. Go win. Now, for the utmost reports on sports of all sorts, let's join Richie Altman and Eugene Benton on Southern Sports Central. Welcome back, everybody. I am Richie Altman alongside Eugene Benton across the glass, as we say here on Southern Sports Central, and a beautiful, I mean beautiful, Monday afternoon here on the first day of March. And the eyes of March are upon us here as we're excited as the next, uh, well, about uh, two hours and uh, we'll give it 40 minutes are going to be solid and jam-packed with a lot of great guests and a lot of great conversations, coaches. I mean, uh, you name it, we got them. We continue to do what we do. It is the year of the athlete, but without the coach, there's going to be a whole lot of athlete conversations. So we want to highlight our great coaches around the state. Now, basketball, you will be on the clock after this weekend. We'll go to the basketball courts and bring in the state championship coaches from across the state of South Carolina. We'll bring in some other individuals from the world of basketball and uh, talk about that with them. And then baseball, softball, soccer. You play a spring sport, we put it on the radio. We have conversations. It's all happening here in the next two or three months. Uh, Also, congratulations to my Gamecocks. How about South Carolina? Not one, but two. There ain't no reason to play a game three. For what? For what reason? We got something else to do on that Tuesday night. If you know what I mean, Coach Kingston, don't worry about that. There ain't no need to take another trip. We can go play somebody else. I do say it's fun. It's fun. We didn't. We don't get a lot of time to brag a little bit, Eugene, on our alma mater and our school up there in Columbia uh, here during football season. It's been a tough one. Basketball still has some things, but baseball, all ways baseball kind of comes through on the solid, man. So at least the lower state won that one, right? I mean, we, we, we talk about that on this show all the time, but this one is for the lower state of South Carolina wins that big game over the weekend on uh, Saturday and Sunday. Yeah, and, and walk-off fashions in both of them, man. I tell you, that's, you know, uh, going back to when you played, uh, you guys were known as the cardiac kids, man. There were so many that year. <laughs> that was just those close games, those walk-off. I, I guess we had a good closing pitcher. I don't know, man. I mean, whatever it took, but uh, the bats were live, and, uh, you know, the, the pitching held those guys in because, you know, Clemson pitching had some familiar faces. A uh, guy that's mm. been on the show with Ty Woodenchuk was on the show. Yep. On the guy from Bishop England uh, with Gilbert up there pitching. So, um, you know, we, we know that they threw the heat and they brought the ballers. And, again, you know, some of those ballers we've had on here, again, you know, with Ty Chuck, you know, we brought him in, talked about football and baseball. And his last memory was uh, for high school baseball was playing um, Somerville. And uh, right. to talk about that with the Gamecock guy, uh, you know, hitting the home run and him watching it go. And so uh, – but it was it was a it was a fun. And I tell you, you know, following the the Gamecock baseball and Clemson, it kind of catches you almost a little bit off guard because that rivalry. You know, your football season that you got that late November game. You know, and there's a couple basketball games sprinkled in here or there. But that that baseball rivalry kind of sneaks up on you a little bit, and so uh, it kind of gets the juices back to that whole South Carolina Clemson rivalry uh, into the spring where you're not really kind of thinking about it. 
because, you know, going back, you know, a few years ago, it was always just, you know, the College World Series. Um, and, and what a magical series that was for the Gamecock fans and knocking off Clemson two times to go and win their first title. But um, I tell you, man, it, the, the, bats, the bats are fun to watch. And when you walk off, you know, in 11 innings by putting it over the wall, I tell you, you know, if you saw saw the, some of the videos on social media of the ball leaving the field and the players just mm-hmm. running out of the dugout, it's, it's electric for sure. And there's there and there's so many great local Palmetto State kids playing on both teams. Again, I, I I poke fun at it. Again, I don't get chances to do this during football season or here lately in basketball season. But I always count on our baseball team and even our other sports usually do a really good job. Of course, all the girls' sports do it up there in Columbia extremely well. Coach Staley, of course, and these softballs and and all that stuff. But for me, you know, it, it's a little bit more personal in other ways because Monty Lee. You know, when I got uh, to Charleston and I played in a summer league here, the Carolina League. Monty Lee was actually uh, – he was graduating from the College of Charleston trying to figure out what he was going to do, but he was pops on our baseball team. He and me and a bunch of guys from, you know, South Carolina, the Citadel, different colleges around the state and, and other places. We had one kid that played at Auburn that was playing in this league with us on our team. So, it was you know, it's fun to see Monty do all the great things. Of course, he grew up in Columbia, came down to the College of Charleston, did his thing. Went up to South Carolina as a grad coach. Uh, got a chance to come back to his alma mater here. The CFC did a phenomenal job. Got a chance now to be the skipper, and he's been there for quite some time at Clemson. And uh, he, he's a great recruiter. He's a great man to sit down with you in your living room. I mean, he's the kind of guy, being a Gamecock, you know, I've always told my son Jacob, had he kept playing, hey, I would have let you go to that school and not even held you back because I know he would have taken care of you. Now, Let's move forward a little bit because we've got about eight minutes here of, uh, of some conversation I want to get to, and it's very important that our listeners try to understand this. Okay, there are so many different sites, that, and again, I understand that, that you don't want to pay $12 or you don't want to pay $15 to go to a basketball game. Well, here's the thing. Don't pay. Don't pay. Get you and your buddies and pay for it online and watch it in your yard or watch it at your house. If you don't want to pay the online fee, don't pay it. Read about it on Twitter. It's free. It doesn't cost you a dime. But do you not think for one minute that the South Carolina High School League is making a killing out of our tickets? No, sir, they're not. The one thing that has changed is COVID. There are things that haven't changed in everything else but COVID. It still costs money to put referees on the court. It still takes money to cut on the lights. It still takes money to do the things that it's taken to do every year since then. And they've lost so much money. The state of South Carolina, high school sports, has lost so much money because of football. You don't think about that sometimes. And I get that financially everybody's feeling some kind of way, but they can't – nobody's going to referee for free, all right, even though we think sometimes they might be doing that, but it's not happening. And they shouldn't because they're taking time away from their families. It's a job. It's an opportunity for them to do what they do. But at the end of the day, quit complaining about paying fees. Just don't pay it. You know, Read about it next day in the paper. But don't say, I'm not going to pay it. Well, then that's fine because if you expect the high school league – to not put something in place because, again, even it's a different fee for playoffs than it is for regular season for me, for what I do. But you know that going into it. And they've got to find a way somewhere to make up the difference of the amount of money that they lost. Eugene, I know you're close to this. I'm close to this. We talk about this on about every, I don't know, it seems like every three hours that we'll see somebody post something on some piece of social media. And, and this is just one of the hot topics on our stove here today that we'll get into. But for me – it, it, it is something that I, I need you guys to be – maybe you don't know. Maybe my job is to not only educate you on some other stuff, but maybe get you in this area because it's not a free thing. This is not, there ain't nothing free out here, okay? 
It costs money to do the things we do. It's always costed us money. It's always costed the high school league what it costs you. Yeah, it's for them to get the, 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 the refs up there to feed them, to, to house them possibly, to do whatever they do, what they've always done. It, it costs money. So you don't have to go to the game. You're just one ticket. Because over here, I would pay $12 to go to a state basketball game if my team was playing. I would pay the extra money to be a part of whatever it is. And, again, if that is the problem, then go get 10 of your buddies to sit in your living room and pay for that fee. But you don't understand. And I was a part of Fort this past year to where you paid to watch those guys. Guys, do you not even think for a minute that there could be something else involved into it? For example, the Fort guys. Fort only took a certain percentage of that, and they split it with the schools that they played against because the schools were taking such a beating in their ticket sales at the gate. Guys, I'm telling you, and, and in basketball, at places like C.E. Murray, and Coach Smitty will join us at 7, he'll probably echo a lot of this, but basketball is bigger than their football. And if you cannot have a full capacity of, uh, of, uh, of people in the stands, imagine what you're losing. Think about your concession stands. Think about a lot of different things that make a lot of different money, but yet you want to be selfish and you want to go out here and whine about paying $12? Really? If you can't fork out 20 bucks for, for an event, then you probably don't need to go to that event anyways. You might need to go to work. I'm just going to call it the way it is, and that might upset somebody. Maybe so. 20 bucks? If we're, if, we're, if we're bitching about 20 bucks, then at the end of the day, bro, go to work. You don't even need to go to that game. You need to go work. You know, hit up Domino's, maybe deliver some Uber food or something. Do something extra. Listen to it on the radio or something. But, uh, Eugene, I, it, it just it bothers me every time I see it, and you're seeing it more and more. And it just sounds to me that these guys aren't understanding there is a cost to do what we do, and it's costed us the same thing every year. And I know next year the, the championship games are going to get a little bit more expensive, but they had to do what they had to do to offset the cost. Well, you can't just, you know, you have to, there's cost, like you said, you have to drive to these things. So you don't just magically appear. Uh, you have equipment to purchase. You know, airwaves and airtime is not free. It costs us to produce this show every Monday yeah. and Wednesday night. You know, there, there's money that, that's paid out of Southern Sports Central's, you know, quote-unquote pocket uh, just to produce the show so that we can feature coaches and athletes and programs and, and principals and athletic directors and, and things and like that. And not to mention Everett that does his show on Tuesdays or the Friday morning show, all of these shows. Yeah, and, and, and so, you know, it is, and, and, you know, we've never said, hey, you know, it's, you know, we've never charged any athlete, any coach, any athletic director ever, you know, for coming right. onto the show and, and doing anything like that. You know, again, you know, we do what we do because, you know, we have a mission, and that's to promote these programs and things like that. Well, there's a cost to promote those games and to, to play uh, via, you know, the, the live feed or, or on radio. It, it costs to produce those. Uh, so people that do complain, I mean, you know, the high school league is doing the best they can in the atmosphere that we're in, and that is that, you know, they can't pack out the house and say, you know, well, if you didn't get a ticket, you know, you know you'll have to watch the highlights at, at News 11. You know, they're giving people an opportunity to participate by watching, um, you know, whether they are at home or whatnot. And so I think, you know, the high school league has done a phenomenal job on the fly as – as uh, Commissioner Singleton told us, he said, man, we've had to learn to do so many things on the fly. Well, producing, I mean, because you think about it, look at the budget that the SEC network has, ACC network has, Big Ten, uh-huh. and ESPN and all those guys. Look at the budget they have. Well, it costs them out of their pocket, you know, to produce those games. 
and to put them on so that you can sit at your favorite watering hole or in your living room and watch those games as well. And, and a lot of times I think people take that for granted. They just flip the button, turn on the box, and there's their favorite team playing. Well, there's more to it, you know, behind the scenes to get it to that level. You know, otherwise you either got gray, uh, a gray screen or something that you're not real happy with. And, uh, you know, then when you turn it off, that affects, you know, uh, the product. And the product is, right. you know, put, putting the athletes together, putting them on the field, and being able to watch, whether it's your kid or your team or your favorite coach, you know, do their thing. And so there's there's just so many aspects that go into it. There's so many things behind the scenes. And, and again, as everything, it costs. There are costs involved in it. And, uh, you know, so hopefully as we build, you know, uh, we will have some advertising uh, as well so that we can also feature some businesses that want to get behind athletics and support teams and, and athletes and things like that. But, it, you know, we hope to never have to pass the cost on because, again, you know, we've never charged never a single athlete coach or AD for coming on this show and talking about who they are and introducing themselves. And, uh, you know, we, we don't charge and we've never have charged for putting film out or going to a camp or going to or even putting on, like, you know, the, the all-star games. You know, or, or the um, or when we put on the home run derby, for example, you know, there were some costs for the fans to attend because we had to pay for insurance, you know, to host that event in case somebody got hurt. We had to rent the facility, which was at a discount, but you know, we had yep. to pay somebody to come and unlock the doors and turn the lights on because electricity isn't free. So I mean, it is thing, and you know, we're doing what we're doing, and we're going to keep doing what we're doing in this part of it. But you know, I, I just. It's really uh, disheartening when people get upset with the high school league when, you know, for what they have to work with in, in, in a short time, I think they've done a great job. No doubt, guys. You hear the music playing in the background. We're against the break. We're really close here. You're right. We will never, and I mean the word ever, ask our listeners, ask our guests to ever for any amount of money out. And the reason we're being very particular on who we bring in for sponsorship because we want to, well, do it the right way with the right folks. And again, don't go anywhere. More Southern Sports Central. We're checking in on the road with David Shelton as he heads over to Bishop England for some high school basketball state playoff games. School is out in this sort of a buzz. But back then I didn't really know what it was. But now I see what happened is the way that people respond to summer madness. The weather is hot and girls are dressing less and checking out the fellas and tell them who's best. Riding around in your Jeep or your Benzos or in your Nissan sitting on Lorenzo's. Back in Philly, we be out in the park. A place called the Plateau is where everybody goes. Guys out hunting and girls doing likewise. Honking at the honey in front of you with the light eyes. She turn around to see what you beeping at. It's like the summer's a natural aphrodisiac. And with a pen and pad, I compose this rhyme to hit you and to get you equipped for the summertime. Girls there. The temperature's about 88. 
Hop in the water plug, just for old time's sake. Break to your crib, change your clothes once more. Cause you're invited to a barbecue to start with four. Sitting with your friends as y'all reminisce about the days growing up and the first person you kissed. And as I think back, makes me wonder how the smell from a grill could spark off nostalgia. All the kids playing out front, little boys messing around with the girls playing double dutch. While the DJ spinning a tune as the old folks dance at your family reunion. Then six o'clock rolls around. You just finished wiping your car down. It's time to cruise, so you go to the summertime hangout. It looks like a car show. Everybody come looking real fine. Fresh from the barbershop, applies in the beauty salon. Every moment fronting and maxing. Chilling in the car, they spent all day waxing. Leaning to the side, but you can't speed through. Two miles an hour, so everybody sees you. There's an air of love and of happiness, and this is the Fresh Prince's new definition of summer madness. And now, back to Southern Sports Central with Richie Altman and Eugene Benton taking your calls at 323-784-9681. Welcome back, everybody. I am Richie Altman alongside Eugene Benton coming to you live in Charleston, South Carolina. Glad to be here with you on the first day of March. From the eyes of March, looking pretty good. Is it, If it's any inkling of how it starts, how it finishes, boy, we are in for an incredible March. Is, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, overcast throughout some of the day-to-day, but for the most part, it, it was beautiful. I mean, really, honestly, about 78, 81 degrees. depends where you were, whether the breeze was coming off the ocean or off the battery there. Maybe you're up there in Somerville where, of course, the studio is at. It was probably about three or four degrees warmer. It always is. Uh, you're up there in Myrtle Beach where my folks are at up in Surfside, uh, probably maybe five, six degrees chillier there. You know, it, it's just it's weird how it all works out, but it was beautiful across the state, and it was great. I mean, what a great way to end the month of uh, February because I don't think it came in as pretty as it ended. So, again, it isn't always how it starts, how it finishes, and so far we're starting pretty good, and we ended pretty good in February. So, that being said, we want to welcome you guys here tonight. Waiting on David Shelton to call in. Hopefully he will get in. I know he's on the road. Maybe wrapping up a late dinner, trying to get over to the uh, to Bishop England to see what those girls are doing. I believe they're on a run for a state championship over there. Not many teams left in the low country. Uh, of course, there are a handful of teams left in the lower state because they're getting ready to play the upper state. We'll get into some of that next week as uh, they'll be battling out this Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Brandon Bing, by the way, maybe uh, covering the North Myrtle Beach girls. We'll keep you posted. And like that, look at that. David heard the call. Let's bring him in in style, guys. Don't have him for long, but without further ado, we head over to a car near you, and that's David Shelton giving you the hands and rolling through your town, heading to basketball courts near you. David, what's up, buddy? How's life on a Monday afternoon? Oh, it's it's, it's beautiful. Uh, I like my walk-up song, too. That's pretty good. I figured you would. I figured you would. You're part of the pack, man. We got you that Wolfpack thing. We're into wrestling, if you can't tell. Us and Kevin Billadu and a few of us, we like wrestling a little bit. Back in the 90s, I don't care for that crap today. I like what we – we like wrestling, not the wrestling stuff. 
Well, yeah, that's me. I grew up on the on uh, TBS wrestling and uh, uh, Georgia Championship wrestling. Rick Flair, Greg the Hammer, Valentine, Wahoo McDaniel. I go way back into wrestling. I don't watch it no more though. <laughs> no, that's a McCallers Fieldhouse wrestling. I remember that, of course, back in the day when you had Wahoo McDaniel's, The Rock and Roll Express, The Midnight Express. I know that's for another show, man, but. Man, that's when life was good. And it wasn't bad in the 90s. The Rock definitely kept us entertained, along with Stone Cold and, and all those guys. It seemed like they never retired, which I can appreciate it now, you know? Absolutely, absolutely. So let's talk quickly, man. You're heading into uh, to a basketball game. You talked about Bishop England in it. Uh, we're, we don't have a lot of teams left in the uh, in the lowers, of course, the low country. Uh, who's left in it? And, of course, talk a little bit about where you're heading tonight. Well, I'll be, I'll be over at Cane Bay. Bishop England is playing uh, Orangeburg-Wilkinson in the uh, lower state championship of 3A. Wando girls are also playing tonight up at Lake Marion. Uh, they're playing Sumter in the 5A lower state championship. And then uh, Woodland is playing in the 2A boys championship against Wade Hampton um, up at uh, Colleton County. And then tomorrow night, Class A, uh, military Magnet Girls, who are the defending lower state champions, they are back in the lower state finals, and they'll play tomorrow night um, also at Lake Marion. They're playing Estel. So that's pretty much it uh, in the in the Charleston area for basketball. Uh, you know, hopefully somebody can advance. But I tell you, all four teams have really tough tasks. It, it's going to be it's going to be really tough for for uh, for those four teams. But not you know, I think Bishop England has a has a a decent shot tonight. Um, yeah, I saw them play last week, and they beat Camden, and Camden was a really good basketball team, and they really did a nice job on uh, on Camden. So, you know, I'm thinking they've got a shot. Plus, you know, they got Paul Rooney as the coach, and, you know, he's only won about a million games. So, you know, he, he's going to have his girls ready for sure. Hanging out with David Shelton, Post and Courier. He is the guru of gurus in high school sports around the great state of South Carolina. Now, Three of the lady teams still left. One of the boys, of course, you mentioned Bishop England, Wando, military magnet for the ladies, Woodland for the fellas. David, what happened in the lower state, or at least in the low country, man? I thought Goose Creek was ready to roll. I thought that Fort Orchester was right there knocking on the door, man. Do we just go ahead and blame it on COVID? I mean, why do we seem to fall off so quick? Well, I, you know, I, I thought Goose Creek had a had a – had a great chance to get to the lower state finals uh, and, you know, or maybe even win lower state. I, I really thought they, uh, of the teams I saw this year, uh, I thought they were the best team in the area. Um, but you know what? They, uh, those Midland teams, they, they play some really good basketball and, you know, River Bluff comes down and beats Fort Dorchester and beats them, beats them handily. Uh, I think that I'm not so shocked that River Bluff won, but I was definitely surprised by the way they, by how they won. Uh, that game, you know, was never was never close, really. Um, never. Uh, but I thought Goose Creek had a shot. Um, but again, those Midlands teams—they really there's some really good basketball in the Midlands. A lot of really good teams. A lot of really good coaches. Um, you know, so you just got to bring it on. You know, you can be a really good team, and and you know, a, a coach told me that you know Goose Creek and and Dutch Fork could play ten times, and and Goose Creek might win six or seven of those. But it's the one that matters, and uh, and Goose Creek didn't win one that matters. Let's uh, let's talk about wrestling. They crowned a bunch of championships. Somerville, by the way, in the Low Country, uh, boy, I tell you what, they they gave it all they had. Hillcrest, very good. 
and, and was a little bit better, I guess, uh, on a couple of matches. But, you know, now that wrestling is done, David, your thoughts on, on a wrestling time that we didn't think it was going to happen back in July. We didn't even think that they would finish uh, back in November. And they not only finished, they gave a couple of state championship trophies out on that Saturday about a week ago. Uh, what's your thoughts again? Same thing. Low country. We had Somerville, but everybody else kind of not able to get through it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I think Somerville was was down here was was clearly the best team. You know, Wando had a pretty good team. Kane Bay had a pretty good team. Uh, I think I think what you've seen uh, is is again the upper state just continues to be just a little bit ahead overall. Uh, every every team in the upper state won the won the state championship. So. Uh, I, I just think they're just a little bit better. Hillcrest is a really good program. Uh, Belt and Honey of Path had a really good team. Uh, they've won they've won state titles before. Um, you know the Crescent beating Bamberg Earhart was was a little bit of an upset uh, in the 2A 1A and and Bamberg kind of got caught uh, kind of got caught with the old switcheroo and they trying to wrestle up and then they got around to the end and didn't have somebody to wrestle. Uh, basically, that's how they lost uh, to Crescent, but. Uh, you know, Bamberg's won plenty of titles in, in Crescent. Uh, you know, they just really wrestled well that day. Um, you know, so it was a day for the upper state. And, uh, you know, again, I thought Somerville had a chance against Hillcrest, and they and they definitely got some good wins in, in the weights uh, where they needed to win or where they were expected to win. But I, I think, uh, you know, a couple of upsets, they didn't, they didn't get some points at the, at the heavier weights, and I, I think that ended up costing them in the end. Hanging out, wrapping it up here. David Shelton, Poster Curry, you're heading into the gym over at Cane Bay to watch a couple of good teams get it on here. Bishop England and, of course, Orangeburg. Wilkson will be uh, tipping off here in just a minute. David, final question. What is it about the upper state over the lower state, man? It seems like they just, in the last 10 to 15 years, they, they seem to pull out uh, more trophies out of their case than we have here in the lower state. Yeah, I, you know it's kind of weird. I think it goes in cycles, and I think I think right now the cycle is is trending towards the upper state uh, in some sports. But but I mean, you look across the board. Uh, you know, the spring sports there'll be a lot of upper state teams being strong contenders. Some teams out of Midlands. Now now the sport of baseball will have yeah. some really good baseball down here. I think Somerville and Wando and Berkeley are are going to be as good as any any group of of five A teams in the state. Now, will they have enough to win it? It takes so much. It takes so much to win a state championship. You know, you can be really good in your region, you know, and you, a guy gets hurt or the, you don't have enough pitching depth. Uh, I think Somerville has enough pitching depth. I think Wando has enough pitching depth. Uh, you know, it just kind of depends. And Berkeley's strength is their pitching. So I, I think those three teams will have a legitimate shot. And then, you know, when you, when you're talking baseball in the low country, you got to talk Bishop England. And you talk about having two stud arms. It's Sean Hollister and Daniel Brooks. I think Bishop England is going to be if they can score some runs, uh, and they don't have to score a lot with that with that pitching staff. But if they can score a few runs, I, I think they're going to be really hard to beat in 3A. Man, I tell you what, David, I can't wait to get you in here during baseball season because that for everybody who knows, he loves football. He loves covering some of the other sports, but his heart is on the diamond. He loves baseball. That's his passion, and that's. Something I can't wait to get you back in here, man. Go enjoy your game tonight. We'll catch up back with you, if not before Monday. Hopefully we get you back Monday and we'll recap basketball together. Okay, man. Sounds good. Take care.
Appreciate you guys. Always a pleasure having David Shelton on. He, of course, is the man with the plan. He is with the Post and Courier, also part of the Southern Sports Central team. Bobby Harden show you can hear, of course, here in Charleston. Uh, of course, uh, Phil Cornblue. I'm just trying to go through his list here, Eugene, because the guy is, is a guru of gurus, and he does a great job. Like I mentioned, uh, he is a baseball coach, by the way. Uh, he is very passionate about it. Uh, it's something deep-rooted in his bloodline. So, of course, when baseball season's here, uh, we'll talk to him about that. And, and I do feel not only baseball, but I feel softball is going to do pretty well here uh, in the lower state and definitely here in the low country. I think you're going to see, you know, uh, Coach Sucker over there at, at Somerville. That softball team is going to be pretty good. I, I think you'll see uh, Lindsey LaPrade over there at, at Fort. We'll see what they can do. I think those girls are ready and running. I think they had a really good team last year. I'm not sure how many graduated. You know, I feel bad for Ronnie Sears from last year's Ford Chester team because he was loaded. I mean, loaded. And they all graduated last year. Of course, we had on some other guys that uh, they had a very heavy, I think 12 seniors uh, were part of one of the groups that came through the show last year when we were paying tribute uh, to the uh, to the seniors who uh, had to forego that, that final season because of COVID. So we're just hoping, praying, and doing whatever we did for the other seasons. We're going to keep doing it for this season coming up as uh, baseball will, uh, you know, will continue to be more of a conversation as long as, you know, they keep playing. We'll talk soccer. We'll talk lacrosse. We'll talk softball. If they're playing, we're talking about high school sports here on Southern Sports Central. And uh, David, of course, uh, will help us cover it, uh, as he always does. Uh, him and, of course, Kevin Villadue from Live 5 Sports over there at Live 5 News here in Charleston, the CBS affiliate here in Southern Sports Central. Glad to have his group on the show as well. But, again, basketball tonight, it is happening should be a good time in the low country if you're keeping up with the scores. We've only got one group of fellas playing some ball, and that is Woodland. They're going to uh, be hanging out with uh, Wade Hampton. I believe that's at Collinson County. And uh, Military Magnet, the ladies, taking on Estelle. That should be a good one. Wando, how about that? The ladies. Now, not surprised those girls are doing what they do. They were really good year after year. They keep getting better. They're playing the Gamecocks of Sumter and uh, Bishop England and uh, Orangeburg Wilkinson, of course, O-Dub. Uh, those girls uh, getting ready to get off here in just a minute. So, uh, Eugene, still a little bit of basketball left. Of course, there's a lot of basketball around the state because when it's all said and done, there's going to be 10 teams, two per classification, one through five. So, we're working our way down, and uh, we'll wait and see how it works out here going into the weekend. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of fun. And I wish, you know, I think what this high school league is starting to do uh, a really good job is kind of promoting that final four. And, um, right. you know, I, I think, you know, eventually we might see it build out similar to that bracketology thing where we're doing it in state. And, you know, maybe we can uh, partner up with those guys and see if we can't do something with them with that and uh, kind of get that bracketology that, you know, that elite eight and that final four and kind of get those basketballers, the ladies and the men, uh, some love and, and some more airtime and some exposure because, you know, basketball in the state of South Carolina um, I think and, and I feel is, is really overlooked. Um, you know, per capita, we have some very high-end basketball players. I mean, there's one high school here in the low country that currently has two guys in the NBA with a one on the way, and that's a uh, right. border gap. And, uh, you know, but there's some other teams as well, uh, a couple teams from, from the Columbia area that uh, put athletes straight into the NBA. Uh, back when you and I were coming out, you know, there was uh, you know, Jermaine O'Neal was two years behind us. Um, and then at, from Eau Claire, and then of course, um, uh, excuse me, um, Kevin Garnett, the slip, but uh, Kevin Garnett, who played at Malden for many years, right. and then for a senior year, he transferred and went to Farragut up in Chicago, which was a prep school. 
but you know, I, you, you'll see there there are some ballers that come out and some very high end ballers, and I think you know maybe we get it's just again maybe basketball is somewhat like the um, football team where you know a lot of the national people kind of look at it as a flyover state, and you know I think what we got to do is uh, show them that they're wrong, that they're high end quality guys. It's not just one or two, but you know there are several, and uh, they don't right. need to go. To, to necessarily North Carolina or Duke to be great. I mean, obviously you look at Zion Williams a couple of years ago, but you know, two years ago, the number one and the number two draft picks in the NBA draft were both from South Carolina. And that was Zion. And of course, John Morant, who is from Manning and, and that Manning area, I tell you, man, they got some athletes in that area because, you know, they've had several make it to the NFL as well. Um, so, you know, it, it's pretty telling when the state of South Carolina puts the number one and number two draft pick in the NBA in the same season. Uh, so, uh, you know, the ballers are here, coaches. Don't overlook them. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, again, we'll, we'll, we'll look at a lot of things here, and we'll try to keep up to date during the weekend. Uh, not as much happening this weekend as it was last weekend, and hopefully we can uh, kind of uh, hang out, fly around, and, and keep you up to date on some of the action. But for me, even this weekend, even this weekend with – 10 teams, they could call it the Big Ten weekend, right? And, and they could really highlight all the teams that are playing. I, I agree with you taking it into a, a bracketology deal and, and just having fun because the one thing COVID has done, again, I had this conversation with the lady earlier today, and, it's, and, and she, you know, the older lady, and she had mentioned, she said, you know, with all the, the tough stuff we've gone through, there sure has been some good things we've learned through this. And I, and I think the same can be done in sports. And I think they even, you know, uh, you, you see the commissioner and his group over there, I think they've gotten better through trial and error. And again, it is what it is. They're, they're basically tracking a hurricane without anything uh, of the upgraded deals that you see Jim Cantori and the crew, who, by the way, they miss it all the time, but these guys are trying to track numbers and, and this, that, and the other, while still trying to at least give the opportunity to the athletes. Now I'm a little sour at Dorchester County too, only because they put those ballers in, in a really different type of situation. They didn't even let them practice. And I didn't understand that part of it. Because I feel like there's coaches, you have them in place responsibly for a reason. They easily could have practiced in, in gyms. They could have done things and, and been safe, and, and you would have known where their kids were at. But what you did is you put them in a situation to be off for about a month and a half, to come back and have to wait two weeks to play in, in a region, basically speed dating, if you will, and then jump right into the playoffs. Meanwhile, in Columbia, like River Bluff, they never stopped. They never stopped. They kept playing. They kept practicing. They kept doing what they were able to do. But Dorchester County, too, wasn't able to do that. So they took a whole month and a half off. And, you know, just like a car, when you slow things down in a car, it takes a while to get that motor back up and running. And you and others would say, well, you know, Rich, they probably went over to the local basketball court. Where? It ain't like it used to be when you and I were growing up where you could go down the street there'd be a bunch of courts. Now, they might have, could have, would have found some spots. But if the coaches had the opportunity, they would have had a place to practice. They would have had a chance to do what they did. So, to me, I'm a little sour on that because you could have easily – this could have affected a young man or a young lady's opportunity to be seen at the next level because she was rusty a little bit because she didn't practice as much. And, again, they're high school athletes here, right? Are they going to go out and do it without somebody telling them? Maybe not. A few, meaning one or two, will do it. The other ones, ah, well, or they'll find something else to do. That's not always good either. And guys, on the other side of that coin, when you're in a season, be in that season. I get you want to do everything. You want to be great at everything. Guys, you can be <laughs> you can be really good at a lot of things. But be great at what you're doing when you're doing what you're doing. If that makes sense. 
because that's my biggest concern. I get that we're overlapping sports right now. That's a big deal. I know that seven on seven is overlapping with high school basketball. That is tough because I know you want to go out and do one and you want to do the other, but I saw it firsthand and it has a huge effect. It has a huge effect on it. And you're cheating the team on one or the other, or maybe both, but you're cheating one of your teammates and it's costing them because you're tired and you're human and you've only got so much to give and you can't give it to everybody, right? You'll hear this as you become adults. This is something that we struggle with even, especially as men trying to be everything to everyone. Be true to yourself. Be true to yourself and stay to that sport. You'll be back at that other sport. You know, back in my day, I hate to say that because I feel like my old man, but back when I was growing up and the roads were still dirt and things were still happening, we didn't play but one sport a season. You went from basketball or football to basketball to baseball and back around. And it just didn't go all year long. And I think that's a good thing. You know, I don't talk about my oldest son very much on the show because it's not about my, you know, my, my per se, my kids, because they're all my kids. But my son, you know, I tried to pull him out of travel ball. Why? Because I knew that if he played so much baseball that one day he would want to stop playing. And I've seen more kids in his generation stop playing a sport because they played it too much. Your shoulder's only got so many throws in it, whether it's a football or a baseball or a shot out of a basketball. You know, those are the things that I need you to hear as we wrap up hour number one. Basketball players, hey, this is something for you. You know when you guys are being cool and you're dribbling and you get up to the free throw line, it's called free for a reason. You know that little cool square box? If you hit it in the center, it's got a 99% chance of going in. Now, I would rather look like a punk scoring 20 points off the free throw line than looking like a guy that built brick houses and not hitting any, trying to hit the bottom of the net. And you might have hit the bottom of the net. That's just because you missed the whole rim. There's so many things that, that we try to do here on Southern Sports Central because, again, we want to see you guys go out and be amazing. Yeah, be great. That's cool. Go out and be amazing. Go out and be the best you can be. And whether it's just to be a great athlete today so that you can go out in the world and be a great military man or woman, or you go out and be a first responder, or maybe you go out and have a trade, doesn't matter. But you're learning your lifestyles today so that you can go out and be what you're going to be tomorrow. And it's just that simple. If you're going to be lazy today, I promise you, listen to me. If you're going to be lazy today and you're weightlifting, if you're going to be lazy in your studies, I bet you're going to be a pretty crappy employee. There's a good chance. Because you're just, that's just, that's the mindset you're building. You're putting that into your circle of, of your, the way you think and process everything. So as we wrap up hour number one, a little bit of life here happening on Southern Sports Central because there's so much, and my concerns are so great with our generation. And you guys have a lot against you, okay? A lot against you right now. But that's what builds character. That's what shows me who you really are. I promise you, if you put me on the porch and a dog's coming at me and my back's against the wall, I'm getting off that porch because he ain't about to eat me. I don't – nope, not happening. That's when the dog and you should come out. That's when you should come out coming out to be your best. And that's the thing, Eugene. I'll let you say a few things before we head to break in about three, now two minutes. But these are just some of the lessons, man, that I think that I've seen in this COVID season in football – now, basketball, and I can't even speak for wrestlers because I tell you what, there's wrestlers who could teach a few of us a few things. Those dudes and dudettes have done some great things on the mats. And, again, I've seen some of that in basketball and football, but just need to remember to go back to the core basics of who we are to get done what we need to get done. Yeah, and, and you know, we, we put out a great graphic last week, and we had some great discussion on that, which was, you know, playing multiple sports. We want you to play multiple sports. We want you to be seen. We want you to have that exposure 
you know, and, and the coaches of those multiple sports want you to play your, you know, whether it be football, you know, you heard the wrestling coaches, they want you to play football and they want you to come out for wrestling. They feel like they can help you improve, improve your football game. If wrestling's not what takes you to the next level, but at least let them try to help you improve that because they can teach you some skills too. Same with baseball, same with basketball, same with track. And, you know, I wanted to lead into the track thing. And I wanted to say about the track is that, you know, I think the low country will have a great showing when it comes to track because, you know, we do have some great athletes who have some speed down here in the low country. So I wanted to say that because I know David brought up baseball. But I think, you know, I, I'm hoping – and looking forward to the track season as well because, you know, we do have speed uh, in, in the lower state all over the map. And, and it sure. doesn't matter if you're a big school, small school, you know, it, it's not so much when you, when you get in those individual competitions, you know, I think that, that will, will give those chance, you know, those athletes a chance to thrive, you know, because it doesn't matter what type of facility you have. It doesn't matter how many dudes you have on the team, you know, or, or, or ladies. When it comes, you know, when a gun fires on the track, it's just you against everybody else. And I think, you know, hopefully I think we'll see a trend, you know, that kind of give that. And I'm not choosing a side of the lower state, but I think, you know, that'll give the lower state a chance to compete uh, and kind of do some things when it comes to the state finals. I think the biggest thing is we want to see it be competitive. We want to see this trophy going back and forth between the two. It's like watching South Carolina. If you're a Gamecock fan right now, football season probably not a conversation you want to have with the Clemson Tiger, right? Baseball right now, yeah, you want to have that conversation. And when was it the most fun? When it was being an actual rivalry. You know, getting blasted year after year makes it no fun for any teams, right? Let's just be honest. Talking about a young lady, let's give her some love right now on the show, and that, of course, is Jamesha Arnold. Uh, she is a former Sacasi Brave, now current, uh, well, Coastal Carolina Chanticleer. She is also a freshman, All-American Amer- uh, all or All-Sunbelt uh, uh, athlete as well. She just got uh, honored there as a, uh, a freshman award there by the uh, league that she plays in. And with that, we'll play uh, Veracostal Carolina Fight Song. Going to be coming up here next. The final thing I want to leave with you guys, and this is for you coaches. And this is something I saw on, uh, on, on, the, on the old social media earlier. It says, coach me and I will learn. Challenge me and I will grow. Believe in me and I will win. Whether you're a coach, maybe you're a boss. Maybe, maybe you're a motivational speaker. Or maybe you're just like a mom or dad. Those are the three things that you need to focus on is coaching them up, challenging them every day, and believing in them so you can't believe in them no more. And trust and watch what happens. It's almost like pouring water onto a flower. Watch it grow, guys. We'll take a break. Coming up, we're heading to C.E. Murray with the athletic director, head football coach, all in one over there, Coach Smitty. Here's a little of that Coastal Carolina fight song for Jamesha Arnold, former Sacasee Brave, current Coastal Carolina track star up there on the Grand Strand.
welcome to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681. Now, let's join Richie in the studio. the intro for the man, the myth, and the legend here on Southern Sports Central. You know, it's time for Coach Smitty to drop by, and you can almost see him riding in here in Devo's bike there in style, because this is a guy who not only does it on this, uh, on any field that he gets on, but you saw some of the uh, stuff on uh, Southern Sports Central Twitter page, NSO Sports Central, where he had his team out there look like picking up some debris out in the community, doing big things, and uh, again, character, when no one else is watching, and Coach we're always watching you because you're always doing great things, man. Thanks for getting in here tonight with us. Appreciate it, fellas. Appreciate you having me on. I really love the intro music. Felt like <laughs> I was getting up to the Hey, it probably felt like your days at the Dell over there at the Citadel, man. Tell us a little bit because we, we haven't <laughs> done this with you, man, in a while. So you're, you've been a head coach and an athletic director. We got that part. But who is Coach Smitty before – he hit the days of being an adult. He was adulting. Uh, tell us about your upbringing, because I know you're not from uh, C.E. Murray land. You don't sound like it, at least. And uh, I know where you're right. from, but for our listeners, give us a little background on Coach Smitty real quick and tell us your, your high school to your college sure. to what land you where you are now. Yeah. Well, I grew up right outside of Boston in Lynn, Massachusetts, Lynn, Lynn, the city of sin, and um, went to Lynn Classical High School and um, from there, went to Fork Union Military Academy for a year and then ended up at Citadel playing football and uh, loving Charleston. So um, I'm one of those people they call a damn Yankee because I never went home. <laughs> uh, but uh, I, I enjoyed my time at Citadel and had a blast and, um, you know, enough to where I wanted to stay here in the weather down here in South Carolina. And um, after that, got into uh, collegiate coaching for a little while and, and then into high school coaching. So, um, you know, I, I enjoy what I do. Of course, we're live hanging out. Coach Smitty He's also the athletic director. We're talking football here in just a little bit. We're also going to talk some travel, well, 707 with him because he's got a few of his dudes dogging it, doing their things over there with Mal Lawyer and the Outlaws. So we'll talk about that here as well. But, but you went to the Citadel, and, of course, I always tell every kid, man, you get a lot more than an opportunity to play sports. You get a great education, and you get that magical ring, man, that seems to almost be, uh, you know, uh, money in the bank, if you know what I mean, Coach. Uh, what was it like for you to, to, to get to that opportunity and, and to go through, you know, all the rigmaroles? Because, again, let's just be honest, back in the day when you and I were growing up and you were over there at the Citadel, you know, it's a little different than it is today, I would 
Yeah, you know, they call us the old core, although I don't I don't know how, you know, everybody always has stories of their years were harder than other years and, and all that good stuff. I don't know how much that is true, but, um, you know, we had the military aspect and, and, and we had to go through that in football practice. And, and But at the same time, we, we always kept in mind that it was the 40 years after, not the four years you're there. And uh, that was preached to us many a times that it's about joining that long gray line and uh, getting your ring and uh, being a part of that uh, brotherhood afterwards that was going to be beneficial. So kind of suffer through the four years that you're there to get the 40 years after. And um, I can't complain. It it served me well. And, um, you know, I I enjoyed my four years there as well. I I wasn't one of those who uh, suffered too much while I was there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, I tell you what, many a night in Charleston on a Thursday night Well I can tell you It's molded you and a lot of your classmates And I'm very close to it It seems like every time I run into somebody We, we start talking They're connected to the Dell, the Citadel of course uh, And my, my neighbor across the street Where I live at over in Somerville He went to the Citadel Played football back in the day And uh, again it, it, it's a bond it's a, it's a fraternity And even now sorority with the ladies over there Doing it as good as the fellas are doing it. Hey, I'm not going to not show some love to That's those. Right. Cause I'm telling you something, it's, it's a, it's a way of life and you ain't all about it because I tell you what, it takes a special person to go through some of the things that you see those cadets go through there. Yeah. I see them come in and you almost see them nervous. Even after that first weekend, when they come out, they still got to wear, you know, that, that same gear that you see them until I guess you're an upper class and we're able to kind of yeah, wear I, a different outfit. Man suit. <laughs> yeah. The ice cream man the ice- suit. That's called summer. That's called summer leave for the Citadel people, but everybody else downtown Charleston calls you the ice cream man and makes fun of you, which is fine. Or ice cream women now, um, which our class was one of, uh, our class was the first full class of women. There were two women um, before my class that came in uh, as juniors, but our class was the first full woman class. uh, So, uh, they definitely get big respect, and, uh, you know, God bless, you know, anybody that wants to go through that because it, it is tough to have to wake up every morning and keep your shoes shined and keep a uniform on when it's 150 degrees in Charleston. <laughs> and you, mm. you don't feel like wearing a uniform, but you know you have to. So, uh, you know, like I said, God bless anybody that wants to go through that. that, that that's a heck of an experience uh, for a college kid when all your other uh, buddies and friends are over there having fun and in their shorts and bikinis at the other schools. <laughs> <laughs> the College of Charleston, which is about six blocks away, is uh, many yeah. blocks away. Is uh, is Coach Schmidt? He's the athletic director, head football coach at C. E. Murray over there, Williamsburg County. Of course, uh, some new news coming out. We'll talk more about that here as well. Now, Coach, uh, we'll we'll put on your athletic director hat for a little bit. How much do you look back at your days at the Citadel and here you go through something again, you chose to go to the Citadel. I mean, that's the, that's the fun part of it all. You guys chose that path because I'm sure you all had other places you could go play sports or just go get an education. So you knew you watched enough videos, you talked to enough guys and girls that said, Hey, look, this is what you're going to go through. And you said, Oh, I'm all about that life. So you went in and, and now you look back at it. You think, man, you know what? I got through this crazy season of COVID and you're still, by the way, congratulations. You're making it through now with basketball. That's one of your big ticket items uh, over there at C. Murray. I know football is big to a lot, right. but basketball is as big, if not bigger for you guys in the ticket world, but not this year. 
but it's because of what you learned at the Citadel. It's because of what you learned uh, in, in, in Boston, right, that you guys uh, – you get to right. carry a lot of that through what you're doing here today. Right. It's all about service and overcoming adversity. I mean, that's what, you know, a lot of life is about. So you you, you can't just sit around and mope and you got to, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstraps and get going and try to overcome whatever's thrown at you and don't take failure as an option. So, mm-hmm. you know, we always got to find a, a, a way and a path forward and that's what we preach and that's what we believe in and that's what was instilled, you know, in me from young young age all the way up because you know where i grew up i grew up in one of the toughest housing projects in lynn massachusetts um as, as a child all the way up and um not many guys made it out of there uh alive or uh not in jail so um you know and you make it out of there how do you make it out of there well same thing you got to overcome adversity and not take failure as an option and, and and that's what we constantly preach. Preaching right now on the mic with us here is the bus is pulled up over there to C.E. Murray in Williamsburg County with Coach Smitty. He's also the athletic director now. Coach, uh, I'm going to ask all the coaches that are going to be joining us here tonight, so I'm going to ask you this. Do you hate losing or do you like winning? Well, which one is it? Some people like to hate. I hate to lose, man. I just hate yeah. losing, and I got that and in I, me. I, and some I, people say, man, I just like to win. Which one is right. it for you? Well, I definitely hate losing a, a lot more, and uh, I'm not a, I'm not a good loser. I'll be the first to admit that. I, I just it, it, it still bothers me more than I, I guess I need to appreciate winning more um, than I do. But I, I just hate losing. I, it just it, it 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 usually bothers me for a couple of weeks. Um, I'm not one of these guys who gets over a loss in in a day. Yeah, I no doubt about that. Now, you're winning over there, by the way, at C.E. Murray. Tell us a little bit about this weekend. Uh, you know, I saw you get the guys out and about. You guys went around uh, somewhere yep. in the community and did some outreach, man. Let's brag about you and your team real quick. Yeah, we uh, we had a community service project down in the Blakely area, which is one of our uh, main areas that uh, feeds our school and uh, had a little competition between three different communities. Uh, Blakely Trio and uh, Lane Salters community uh, who could come up with the most bags of trash uh, off the highways down there um, and uh, from Highway 521 which goes basically the whole length of the county um, all the way over to what we call Seaboard Avenue which again is another extremely long road goes pretty much the the whole length of the uh Williamsburg County all the way to um, Georgetown County. So uh, that was a good bit of ground to cover, and uh, we covered most of it. We got about three-quarters of the way uh, done and picked up 85 bags of trash. Uh, Disheartening that we had to pick up that much trash, that that many people are littering the highways and roadways of South Carolina and ruining the environment. But uh, we we, we did our part and got 85 bags of trash just in our location uh off the highways the other two locations put in similar amount uh so we're going to go back at it this saturday again um and and try and finish up what we started hanging out over there on the campus ce murray and of course located at williamsburg county not too far outside of the charleston berkeley county area and again doing great things not only on the 
campus, but you hear off the campus as well, is the athletic director, head football coach, Smitty. Now, Coach, we, we were talking a little bit about this earlier, and again, a good job trying to get the basketball season up and done. You know, for you guys, you know, basketball brings quite a bit of revenue. And earlier I was talking about this because I've seen yeah. it on multiple outlines where people are complaining about paying a little bit more for ticket prices or maybe even not happy about going online and paying for streaming. But for an athletic director like yourself, I mean, can you blame some of these uh, schools that are trying to somehow, some way, pay for some of the referees and the lights? Because, again, where you guys make money right. in football, that wasn't even an option this year as much as it normally is. And for you, I, I believe basketball is just as much of a moneymaker for you to pay off those things that need to be paid for during the season uh, to get the things done. Right. Normally, basketball is, is right even on par with uh, football, you know, because obviously they play two times as many games as we do in a normal season. So they usually bring in just as much revenue as a football team would um, except for, you know, obviously homecoming is an out, outlier um, event. But if, if you take away homecoming, they bring in the same amount of money. And this year's not that that wasn't the case. So you can't, uh, I, I think, is a huge misconception or a, a bad, or we're doing a, just a bad job of communicating with the public, us athletic directors, because I, I had, the, you know, some similar uh, complaints. Uh, why are you charging $7 when there's only two games and, and all this stuff? And then, you know, obviously with the live streaming, if you charge, why do I got to pay to see them on a thing? I'm not in person. Well, you know, I guess we got to do a better job as athletic directors uh, communicating to the public exactly how much it costs just to put on a game. And what people don't realize is the cost of officials has skyrocketed these last couple of years. So, just to host one night of basketball, um, if you're hosting JV and varsity, you're looking at about uh, you're you're kicking out between six and seven hundred dollars just for the officials. Then, obviously, every school requires some type of security. So when it's all said and done, you're in that eleven to twelve hundred dollar range just to host a game. Hanging out right now with Coach Smitty, the athletic director, football coach, and all-in-one here tonight on Southern Sports Central. He's got his own chair, by the way, here on the show, as he's always welcomed here in any time. And we're glad you're up and moving. You, know, you did, unfortunately, came in contact with COVID yourself there. So we're glad to have you back on the show. You're healthy. You're ready to roll. And we're expecting you here in Charleston, and I need my steak dinner uh, anytime. You know, this weekend, next weekend. But either way, it, it's going to happen over at Halls. Me, you, and a few of our good friends will catch up here soon. But – uh, talking a little bit about what's coming up this year uh, with uh, number one, we, we had uh, the commissioner on a couple of weeks ago and I tell you, man, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it more ways than right. I could say it because it was just such a great conversation. I mean, it felt like he was sitting somewhere yeah. in a recliner and we were just talking, just having a good conversation. And, and I understood him a lot more after our talk, but the one thing that I think he made everybody happy in the state along with his team was when they said there will be underlined in capital letters in red or whatever, that there will be fall, excuse me, spring ball coming up here in the next couple of months. Uh, how excited are you about that? And, and attach that to your Citadel Bulldogs along with other colleges and the FCS that are playing spring season. Because, yeah. uh, again, this is opening up some things that we need open. Right. So, uh, tackling the first part, uh, spring football for us is huge. You know, it gives us a chance to get the new year started get some guys familiar, uh, some guys switch positions this time of year, some guys are in the same position, but 
uh, needing to get a little better at that position. So spring ball allows us to build those fundamental skills that they need. And uh, we were missing that last year where we missed out on a, that whole month of fundamental skills and, and, and learning. So we're glad to get that back this year. Um, and it looks like we'll all be vaccinated by that point. I know, um, uh, superintendent uh, Spearman, Molly Spearman, the, the state superintendent of education, came by uh, C. Murray last Friday and, and mentioned that all teachers should be vaccinated, she hopes, by the end of March. So that, that's a huge positive note. Um, on, on that note, I, I, I'd like to say my condolences to the Sumter High community. Uh, they mm-hmm. lost Coach McBride, Ron McBride, uh, yesterday to COVID. So um, my prayers and condolences definitely go out to them. Uh, while we're talking about that. Uh, but, again, it looks like we're going to be on the right path to vaccinations and all that, and we can uh, hopefully have a, a great spring spring ball. It's exciting to see Citadel and these others playing right now, uh, although it's hard to follow them because ESPN has uh, decided not to televise them unless they're on ESPN 3 and Plus and all this paid subscription stuff. So you kind of got to follow on Twitter. That's what I've been doing and uh, catching up highlights of that. It seems to be an exciting season. I saw North Dakota State got upset, so that was huge news in FCS football. Um, but it's exciting. We're, we're, we're finally I, I can see the light, I guess, at the end of the COVID tunnel, hopefully. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm ready for it. Uh, you know, I still got a little cough myself from it, but uh, we're, we're ready to go. We're ready to get season going and see what comes about it hanging out coach smitty the athletic director head football coach c.e murray that's right over there of course uh in williamsburg county they play some pretty smash mouth football and any other sport that uh hits the line on any given day up there in uh, of course uh that side of the world now coach the other conversation that we had with the commissioner was the the conversation of do we start football season before or after Labor Day. Now, when we grew up down here right. in, in South Carolina, we, we played until after Labor Day. Right. And we actually got some guidance today uh, from the high school league on that where they sent us a, a survey to fill out and send back to them um, so they can go to the classification presidents to vote on, um, you know, whether or not you wanted to do either or. And uh, I'm all for starting after Labor Day. I think it makes total sense. It's too hot before Labor Day to um, have those week, what we used to call week zero games. Uh, It's become way too hot. I mean, Mm. we got to think about safety first and everything we do. So uh, I'm all for starting after Labor Day will be cooler, give us a, a better chance to have a full game where you're not stopping the game every five minutes for these you know, 30-minute water break and ruining the continuity of the game. I, I just think it makes total sense to go to uh, after Labor Day. Like like you said, back when we were kids, that was normal. After Labor Day is right. when you actually started school. So um, I think sports should start then, um, you know, especially football. And that takes most of your heat element out of the picture. And um, you can focus better that way. And obviously, you got to think about the rest of the season. I know the commissioners uh, sent a couple proposals on that, whether to have ten games in a uh, ten week, ten games in ten weeks, or 
10 games in 11 weeks. If you do the 11 weeks, obviously you would have to either shorten the playoffs or you bump into um, playing. One of the suggestions was uh, playing the state championship the same day as the North-South game. Uh, I'm not for that particular um, proposal just because uh, that's not teams playing in the state championship that their guys don't get to participate in the North-South game. So uh, I think, and I know a lot of guys I saw were were against um, shortening the playoffs, but I'm all for it. I think the top two in each region should only go. That's my feeling. I, I, I mean, I know when I was growing up, uh, our conference, only the conference champs went to the playoffs. There was no second place. There was no nothing after first. Only the conference champ went. And same thing, our conference was, was pretty stacked back then. Um, uh, and probably one through three could have made a good run at winning the whole thing. Uh, but they only chose the conference champ. And, and obviously in Massachusetts, you're dealing with weather, so you can't have a bunch of rounds. Um, but one and two this year, I loved it. I mean, it was super competitive. You know, we took Bamberg to the edge, 26-20 at Bamberg. We, we drove down to the 15-yard line and ran out of time. But um, every game was competitive in the playoffs. And, you know, those years before, I can't say, that, can't say the same. And I know, you know, some schools want to – chance to be in the playoffs. I get that part of it, too. I, you know, we've, we've been in that position where, um, you know, you're the third place or, or fourth place team. But at some point, you know, I just don't – I like the idea, though, that was proposed where the teams that don't make get to play an extra game. I'm, I'm all for that. Let them play an extra game if they want to play an extra game if they don't make the playoffs. Um, and that gives them an 11th game. Um, which that more than likely that's all they were going to get anyways because they were probably going to lose first round. So um, I'm all for the region and region champs and region runner up only in the playoffs. Here we go, talking some more football, more athletics with uh, Coach Smitty. We had a chance, by the way, to hang out with Coach Smitty. He was the uh, the lower state coach in the uh, the Elite 88 in the, the Junior Bowl. That was, of course, up there. At Ben Lippin High School, uh, of course, uh, two great coaches and 88 amazing athletes, along with all their coaches that they selected, got a chance to catch up on a December day with us and the South Carolina High School Blitz team out there in the upstate. We all came together to put something together very special. And, uh, you know, that was honestly one of those days I thought everybody at the end of it all really won. I know that the upstate won, and we'll talk about that on another day, but that all being said, you know, for us to come together, I thought was a, was a highlight. Plus, we had a chance to get to know you a lot better, Coach, and uh, just do many things one-on-one because we do a lot of virtual stuff here since uh, you and I have had a chance to meet. So, that being said, let me ask you this. The upstate, the lower state, you know, uh, the senior bowl went to the lower state. The, the junior bowl went to the upstate. But a lot of trophies seem yeah. to stay in the upstate, Coach. What is it about that, that side of the world up there? And I asked this with one of our guys at 630, David Shelton, his thoughts, but why is it that the upstate, even in wrestling, swept it completely? And in basketball, we're hoping right. that's not the conversation. But if I'm not mistaken, uh, a bunch of those teams uh, did the same thing, minus Dutch Fort, in football. You know, obviously things go in cycles. But also you got to keep in mind, football's about two things, talent and resources. 
And the upstate does a phenomenal job with the resources part. Every school in the upstate, their athletic programs are for the most part fully funded, um, and they don't hold any expenses back. Um, And, uh, you know, for the most part in the upstate, they're bigger schools as well. Um, So that that, that plays it. Plays a, plays a factor as well into it where uh, in the lower state, you know, we have a lot of 1A schools. We have a which I guess we'll have to talk about that at another time, but 1A football is changing here in the next three years. It, it's not going to be 1A anymore. It's really going to be a 2A. A lot of these 1A schools are evaporating uh, quickly. Um, so, uh, you know, we're going to see a, a shift again. Um, but like I said, it, it has a lot to do with the resources put in, and there's a um, huge difference upper state uh, to lower state. You know, you got to kind of Columbia's in its own category, but low lower state compared to upper state, there, there is a huge difference resources wise, and how the school's um, culture is set up to. Um, where the upper state's more of a sports culture and the lower state uh, tries to uh, focus on, you know, an academic-type structure more so where they don't fully fund athletics like they should. Yeah, I'm still very appreciative that you're an athletic director and a football coach. You're an athletic director and you're a soccer coach. You're an athletic director and you're still a coach. You know, I, I don't like the theory of putting that as an admin job. I think it gets lost in translation. You still have skin in the game, as Coach LaPrade said one time on the show, that means yep. something to us here at Southern Sports Central. So I know it doesn't give you an off season, and boy, I tell you what, your biggest cheerleader is right there in the house with you. I tell you, every time we put something on social media, she's right there to give you a fist bump. I mean, you cannot say it enough. You find me a great athletic director, a great coach, you'll find a spouse that's even better than the individual that's winning the trophies or, or getting that respect in their community. Right, right. I got to definitely thank my wife. You know, she's She's the best. She's uh, my biggest cheerleader for sure, and uh, definitely <laughs> I couldn't do it without her because, you know, I'm not home most nights. So, uh, you know, that that key is having a great spouse that understands why you're doing what you're doing. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to bring you back in here, and I want to get a few other athletic directors, and that night you'll just wear your athletic director's hat. And we'll have a round table virtually where me and you and Eugene and a bunch of us will sit around and we'll talk some, uh, some shop, but it'd be from a larger spectrum because I, I know that we talk football, but it's just one of the many pieces of this menu that we always want to do. And that's why, you know, we're talking football, basketball, baseball track. I mean, you know, we, you name it, we talk about it. We don't ever want to become one dimensional yep. here on Southern sports central. And we talk about the girls, we talk about the boys, you know, we name it. And if it's a sport, we try to give it the proper respect that it deserves. And with that being said, Coach, thanks for your time tonight. I'll catch up with you off the air. And as always, come on down to Charleston, buddy. We'd love to see you. And, of course, I'm looking for that steak dinner anytime you're ready, buddy. Gotcha. So we'll be down shortly. And uh, we appreciate you having us on again. And uh, don't forget, we got realignment news coming up as well. So uh, that's another biggie in the room. Um, And, again, uh, we thank you. Thank you for all, all you do for all the sports. And I uh, can't wait to see the coverage of track and softball and baseball coming up. Uh, also, lacrosse. So, hey. um, yeah, we look forward to it. And, and again, we, we thank you guys for having us on. 
All right, Coach. Hey, hang out in the green room real quick. You might like the exit here just a little bit, but thank you again for hanging out tonight as Coach Smitty hanging out. You know, Eugene, when I hear Coach Smitty, I always think of Goodwill Hunting, and it's always this part. You remember the part where the guy, I guess, uh, Matt Damon goes up to the window and, and I guess the guy was kind of giving him a hard time about the girl in the diner there. Of course, he gets that number and uh, throws up the number up there about the apples, asking if he likes apples. That's one of the things that I, I, I enjoy about Coach Smitty. He's got an amazing, an amazing personality that goes along with his attitude in the street. What you see is what you get. Again, you know, I watched him in a, in, in a place we had gone out to dinner when we were in Columbia, and here comes this young kid, and, you know, he had on this Buffalo Bills, uh, you know, headgear on, and he had on a shirt. The kid might have been every bit of eight years old. And, man, that was like – that was Coach Smitty's Christmas right there. He got a picture with the cat and started talking to the kid, and the real Coach Smitty that we all see on social media became the real Coach Smitty there in, in front of us. So uh, always grateful to, to, to say this to all of our coaches, to all of our athletic directors, Thank you guys for what you do, and that's why we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. The bus leaving Williamsburg County over there at C.E. Murray. It's going to be up at Lexington High School right out of this quick break, guys. Don't go anywhere. We got another coach, and it's Coach Perry Wilbright right out of this break, guys. Bringing him in in style, by the way, so don't go anywhere. First stands the glass that will ease all my pain. That will settle my brain It's my first one to take First
And we welcome in into the show here tonight for the first of many. And we can't wait to talk to the athletic director, the head football coach of Lexington High School, the one and only Coach Perry Woolbright. Coach, welcome to Southern Sports Central. Thank you. Appreciate y'all having me on. It's a blessing, man. We got you on some Ric Flair. Of course, if you're a Gamecock fan, everybody knows that's oh, yeah. uh, one of the greatest introductions to uh, football on a Saturday or any other time that your Gamecocks jump out there on the field. But, uh, First of all, man, how's the family? How's the uh, season treat you guys so far up there at Lexington? It's been good. You know, it's been a good year. You know, we made it, made it through the fall, made it just finishing up winter sports now, uh, getting cranked up for spring. So, uh, you know, nobody takes it for granted anymore. So, anytime you get a chance to uh, play a game, have a practice, or do anything with the players at the school, or any, get letting your kids play in the rec center, it's always a blessing. So, it, it's been good so far. Of course, you, you get to wear many hats. I mean, there's not a time you don't have a hat. It's like look, watching Mayberry over there with Andy Griffin. You're, the, you're this, you're that, you're everything. Between you guys, and by the way, it's National Athletic Trainers Month. Right? The trainers are another group of guys and girls that never get a season off because you guys are always somewhere on a campus near you. Uh, talk to us a little bit about your trainers. How hard has it been as an athletic director to make sure that all the bottles are in place and all the regulations and the, the things that are done and, and the kind of behind the scenes that our trainers have been kind of the heroes uh, on the front line before the games even start. Yeah, definitely. You know, the trainers in any given year, you know, they're probably going to be up to school more than anybody, more than the athletic director, anybody, but especially this year um, with everything they have to do. We're fortunate in Lexington with our trainer, Scott Thomas. He does a great job um, behind the scenes, you know, just making sure what are set up correctly every day for us. You know, you don't realize – you know, on a on a year to year basis, how important now, you know, you just take that for granted. Water boys are set out, it's there you go drink. Well, 
now everybody, you know, we got 160 players in our program. Now everybody's got to have their own water bottle. You got to go to this trainer to get your water. You got to make sure it's set up, you know. So it, it all happens a long time, even before practice starts. You know, game days, you know, setting up. But even to every day at practice, you know, them just getting out at 2.30, just just during fourth block so they can set up for us to practice after school and having everything ready. And then, you know, not just football's going on. In, in the fall, you got you got volleyball going on. you got cross country, so you got all those. And then in winter. And then, heck, in spring, it really takes off, you know, for us with all, the amount of athletics we have, you know, at uh, Lexington High School and all, all our schools. Um, so th- those guys kind of are the unhung, unsung heroes that, you know, are kind of behind the scenes and not on the front lines. They don't, they don't get their name in the paper. And, and if they do get their name in the paper, it's usually because the trainer screwed up or done something wrong. So those guys don't get appreciated enough. Very much like a head coach, right? You win, man, those are the greatest things ever. You lose, and they're looking for fingers to point. And, uh, it's always an interesting conversation. Now, I noticed, Coach, on your Twitter page, uh, you've got an F3 and a nickname. Now, of course, I'm part of the F3 team as well. My name is Euchre for Bob Euchre. Of course, okay. I do sports, and that's how they kind of do it. Now, you talk about a different family, man. I'm sure some of this F3 workouts kind of help get you through some of this COVID, right? I mean, because it's a – dedicating five o'clock in the morning type of thing. And that's kind of what COVID season has been like, whether the sun's up or down. Oh, definitely. You know, it, uh, I think I've been doing it now for five or six years with F3, but it's definitely a great experience, you know, uh, getting up in the morning, early in the morning with those guys and, and, and even going, get Bennett whenever that was able to start back, you know, getting back to that normalcy of, of getting up early and being out there and getting a little workout in a little fellowship with, with other guys in the community is always good. Now, now, and if you if you don't mind, I don't want to catch you off guard too much, but you got a name, and I want you to kind of say it because we, we're all about faith, right? We lead here on Southern Sports Central, and, and when you own it, you get to do what you want to do. So I'm always about the good Lord above, and then everything else follows like I believe it should. Now, F3, that's, a, that's what that is. It's a very much a, a very organized Christian thing that, that we're all leading it by the right way, and they're teaching the men there in this group to be leaders there and carry it to their house. So, can you talk a little bit about F3 and your nickname and how it came about? Yeah, my my name for F3 is Boucher, uh, kind of off of Bobby Boucher. Now, I would have never <laughs> known it was spelled that way till, uh till I, I was named out, but it kind of happened my first workout, as usual. You know, you go out there, you really don't know what you're doing, somebody invited me. Uh, so, you know, you circle at the end for the name call, you tell them a little bit about you, and, of course, you know, being a coach and, and being playing football and stuff like that uh, – you know, people started throwing out names and and stuff like that. And then, of course, it's got to go downhill from there. You know, it started off with Montana, Elway, and things like that. And then, of course, people started throwing out other names. And, and somebody threw out <laughs> Bobby Boucher. And, of course, Bobby Boucher stuck. So, <laughs> it's been that ever since. Yeah, that's kind of me. I started off with Scully, and I thought, Ben Scully, I said, man, that's awesome. I love it. The next thing you know, I think they read your faces. When you look excited, they're like, yeah, no, you're not getting yeah, John you Elway. Can, <laughs> yeah, you, can, you can't act like you like the name they give you because then it's going to go way downhill. Yeah, because one of the guys is a, an Ohio State Buckeye, but they call him Wolverine. So if you can figure out <laughs> it. it <laughs> and if I we, we have a few of those up our way. <laughs> so you got to put on that face like man i hate that name and you're thinking please see that face but uh coach i tell you yeah. these are why i bring you on here guys and, and and i and i love having you coaches on and we get a double package with you being an athletic director and, and there's a lot to get into here with about 20 minutes and i appreciate yours and your family's time uh, to be a part of our show and i can't wait to continue to get you back on our show and all of your coaches 
and your players and anybody in your athletic field you want to send us, we'd love to get a chance to know. So can you kind of give a background, if you don't mind, Coach Wilbright, a little bit about you? Like, where did you go to high school, college, and what landed you over there at the campus at Letson in high school? Yeah, um, you know, I went to high school up at uh, Clover High School in the upper part of the state. Uh, my dad was uh, head coach up there. I kind of grew up um, until I was in sixth grade in Gilbert, uh, South Carolina, which is right outside Lexington. Of course, I was born in Lexington. My dad was head coach there. Uh, he, he left Gilbert and took the Clover job. So, of course, I went up there for high school. Um, once I got done with high school ball, I um, went up and walked on at Appalachian State um, in 2000. Um, had, I had the pleasure of being up there and being coached by uh, the great Jerry Moore. Um, taught me so many lessons, taught all of us lessons and stuff like that. Great experience. Uh, 2005, I was fortunate enough to be part of the our first national championship team at Appalachian State. Um, kind of when I got done there with my playing days, I uh, I knew before it was over that I, I wasn't playing past college. I didn't play too much in college. Uh, one of my teammates that started over me and a great friend of mine was Richie Williams was the quarterback at the same time I was up there. Um, of course, he was our all-time leading uh, passer, probably one of the best quarterbacks ever come through the school there. Um, but when I got done left there, um, had the first, my first job ever out of college was the offense coordinator for uh, Steve LaPratt at Fort Dorchester. Um, and the same day, a funny story, the same day I went and interviewed with Ray Stackley for his quarterback job and Steve LaPratt for his Fort Dorchester job. Um, and the same day, so it's kind of got off of both jobs, kind of torn between the two, um, but wanted to be a coordinator, so that was kind of my decision there would go go with Coach LaPratt at Fort Dorchester. had a great experience there with him. I was there in a short time because I, I kind of had aspirations. I was still young. I thought I wanted to get back in college coaching, so I took the job. The very next year, took the job as offense coordinator, recruiting coordinator at Chuan University. Um, and being a young coach, you know, I was all gung-ho, took that, and Moved to Murfreesboro, North Carolina, and if you've never been in Murfreesboro, North Carolina, you can easily pass through it. It's it's probably closer to the Virginia border than it is being in North Carolina. Um, so we, I was up there for about a year and a half. Um, my head coach left um, university. Uh, call AD called me in and asked me if I'd be interested in taking a head job up there, and I was 23, 24 at the time, and I said no, I, I don't believe so. <laughs> We were Division II school. We had five scholarships, uh, not very good with facilities and stuff like that, and I knew I wasn't ready for that adventure. So, um, And plus my wife said, you know, I've had enough time here. I'm going back to South Carolina, so you can come back with us or you can stay in Murfreesboro. <laughs> so from there <laughs> I took the job at, as offense coordinator at Gaffney High School with Phil Strickland, um, another great head coach I got to learn under. I was there for two years after the second season. Um, kind of always communicate with my dad, and he coached for so long and stuff, and I felt like I was ready for my first head job. Um, so so I kind of put my name out there. I applied for the Bluffton job and the North Myrtle Beach job. Uh, North Myrtle Beach was the first one I got the interview for, so I interviewed for that. And um, got that as my first head job um, in 2010. Came in there as a young, gung-ho uh, coach uh, had success as offense coordinator everywhere. Um, thought I kind of knew a lot. Um, got down there, and when I took the job, my principal Trevor Strawman was a great guy. Kind of, he told me, he said, "Perry, you're gonna have to go to hell and back for this job if you're gonna be successful." And I, kind of as a young coach, I was like, "No," nah. I said, "No, I'll we'll win. I can make us win early." <laughs> First year, win 0 and 10, <laughs> uh, 
and knew it was rebuilding first year kind of kind of totally changed the culture down there you know when i got down there it was kind of a beach school you know uh football wasn't that important it was just a pastime it was more like we live at the beach and we have football here but it wasn't that important summer wasn't important lifting all season wasn't important there wasn't a lot of importance you know wasn't community really didn't rally behind it um the way they should down there the way they they love football so kind of really d- spent that first year kind of rebuilding played a lot of young guys um you know a lot of seniors that were coming back didn't want to get on board with the new program so kind of a lot of trimmed a lot of the fat as they say off um and did a, did a lot in the community just try to get involvement get get the young guys with young children coming up involved in that community down there um got ready for the second season and went 0 and 10 again uh, probably not many head coaches gone 0 and 20 in their first two years as a head coach um but we're still building the second season we lost six games by a point um the other games we lost by five or less points um so we kind of turned tides played mostly freshman and sophomore uh then that third year kind of started turning the uh, tides. We went six and five, um, had a good good season, and had, had about most of those guys coming back. My last year there, uh, we went nine and three, um, which at the time was the best record in school history. Um, and, and really felt the tides around. We were undefeated on JV. Middle school was undefeated at that time. Um, so we're kind of really moving in the right direction. And enjoyed being down there and stuff. But that all season just happened. Baseburg Leesville came open. Um, Phil Strickland um, gave me a call because uh, he's a long-time legend in Batesburg Leesville about it being open and stuff like that. I kind of grew back up that grew up back in Lexington. You know, I felt like an opportunity to get back, and I wanted to be at a school where, you know, you had a chance to compete for it every year. So I uh, took the Batesburg Leesville job from there. Um, had two good seasons. Uh, first two years, one region the first year, lost in the playoffs to Abbeville. Uh, second year, had another big year, lost in the semifinals to Abbeville. That's why when you played that Nature Boy song coming on, all I thought about was Abbeville because I don't know if you've ever been to a football game at Abbeville High School, but they they come through the stands, but they come through the stands to the Ric Flair song coming out and, and playing that. So that made me think of Abbeville. Uh, third year there, we made it to the state championship um, and lost to Abbeville. Um, played them a lot. In three years, we played them six times uh, in three years while I was at Batesburg Leesville. Um, after that, I you know, had a great time there. Um, Josh Steph at that time left Lexington, and uh, I grew up with Josh when I was at Gilbert. Josh's dad was at P, and so we kind of grew up together, knew him well. And he kind of left that job, and I knew what kind of kind of program he built there in athletic department. And and my dad, his first job ever um, as an assistant coach when he got done with the Giants was actually coaching at Lexington. Um, so I had some history there, so I kind of put in the Lexington job and and was fortunate enough to get that head job, an athletic director job, um, and been there for four years now. Uh, it's been a great time, a great community to live in, and been real fortunate to be uh, be around the coaches and players we have at Lexington. Man, the testimony alone is amazing. And you mentioned so many home, you know, the small world we live in, Coach. I grew up in Myrtle Beach. I grew up on the surf side. I went to Sackacy, and you're right. When we played North Myrtle Beach, it wasn't what you see today in North Myrtle Beach. Like you said, they had football. They didn't do a lot of football, if you know what I meant. So we didn't, you know, yep. wasn't much of a scare tactic back then. So you're right. It's a peace of mind that they didn't have. And, and a lot of beach schools struggle with it. Somehow Coach Mickey does a good job over at Myrtle Beach. And I know Scott, we got in the soccer team, got some, a new coach. And, again, it's tough to compete with that ocean and that boulevard every week after week. But, yeah, you know, again, 
you know, that was part of your testimony. Again, you talk about Coach LaPrade. Well, this past year, I was the voice of uh, the Patriots over there as we did TV with uh, Coach LaPrade. I spent uh, a, a good long time with uh, Coach McKissick and uh, Joe Call over at Somerville. So, yeah, I've watched you kind of move around. And, and when uh, you know, we got the word that you were going to be able to join us tonight, I thought to myself, man, I cannot wait to hear all the elbows that he's rubbed and the fist bumps he's been given. And, of course, you mentioned Ray Stackley, another great name. And, man, I tell you what, just alone for the coaches that you coach with, you know, I would imagine it's not only helped you as a coach, but it's helped you uh, as an athletic director as well as a, as a family man. Oh, definitely. You know, you know, number one, growing up around my dad and, you know, my granddad coaching at Chapin for, you know, 20-plus years and my dad coaching for 30-plus years, you know, just kind of seeing – them, then you know, working with Coach LaPrade, Phil Strickland, Jerry Moore, and I think the biggest is it was never X's and O's that I learned from any of them because all of them had different philosophies from X's and O's and stuff like that, but I think it, it was the relationships and, and how you treat people because um, that, that's why all those guys from my dad, my granddad, Coach Strickland, Coach LaPrade, all those guys have been able to be in the business a long time because the relationships they build and the the way they treat people, I think that that gets missed sometimes in our game. Um, it sometimes it gets more about what we what do we got to do to win, rather than what do we got to do to make sure these young men and, and this community is buying into what they what's important at the end of the day. Talking about what's important right now, very important. We're hanging out at Lexington High School. The athletic director, head football coach, Coach Perry Woolbright, checking about the uh, the conversation of where you've been to where you are now. And, of course, you heard his testimony and what's landed him here on the show with us tonight, Coach. And, again, I love – and I hope it gets back to this. Uh, I love the football coaches, the any coaches that are athletic directors, and I really wish that the other districts would get this back in order because it seems like it's a job in itself. So for these guys that are doing and girls that are doing admin jobs on top of being an athletic director, I feel like personally as a former athlete, I feel like it kind of cheats our athletes a little bit. What's your take on, on that role being split as you've seen in other areas? You know, you know, I'm kind of a traditionalist. You know, I, I like it being combined. Um, you know, I, I think just because you got a more a, bit, a better pulse on things, um, you know, when you're still – coaching and you're doing both you, you know you, you still got a vibe of of what works you know with students and stuff like that you know sometimes if you kind of get away from being hands-on with the kids a lot you know you you don't you can have all the ideas and plans and everything can sound good out of a book or something you're reading but you know at the end of the day it's about those kids and, and kids are different you know um i couldn't my dad told me the first head job i got he said just remember now you can't coach all the ways me and your granddad did. They'll get you fired. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and I've had a change from just, the, you know, 13 years I've been uh, head coach. You know, I've had a change, you know, with the times. And so I, I think that's that's one benefit of being a head football coach and athletic director. You know, I still kind of get that niche of, of what it takes, to, you know, to reach kids and stuff like that so I can help our coaches and facilitate them to make sure they have the things that they can be successful and to and help them connect and build those relationships with kids. On the campus, Lexington in high school, where you see the Southern Sports Central Buzz hanging out there virtually with their head football coach, athletic director, Coach Perry Wilbright. Coach, uh, we, we talked this with a lot of the coaches that have, we've had on. Just a few weeks ago, we had our commissioner on the show here, and it was days after the great announcement that we were going to be doing some things called spring ball, right? That's the opportunity for 
our winter or fall sports to practice in the spring. And again, we didn't have it last year and it showed, I felt in multiple ways uh, as we watched football kind of unravel this past season. What was your thoughts as an athletic director, also as a football coach? I'm sure it was nice to have a few voices in the room wearing different hats for yourself when you heard that we would be able to do some spring practice for our fall sports. Oh, I think that was big. You know, um, I'm also on the, uh, our football state board, 518. So, um, you know, our board had a, a big, made a big push to make sure we got the word out to the whole state about expressing our opinions, you know, and our thoughts as an association and as a coach association about the performance. But I think it's very important for developmental because, um, you know, our, our fall, our spring sports and our winter sports didn't get an open season this, this, this year. But our fall sports also didn't get a, a open season this year, too, because our actual open season is the previous year. So when we hit May for spring practice, that's our open season for next year. It's not for this school year. So if we would have missed again this May, that would have been two open seasons in a row we would have missed for all our sport, our fall athletes. And, um, you know, I think that's big, you know, and, it, and it, it's not the, the fact that for, you know, looking at the football side, it's not the fact of getting out there and hitting and stuff like that, but it's kind of – development our kids and seeing what we got leading into our fall season next year you know for us you know just on the part you know personally that for us that was big you know we lost our starting quarterback to a torn acl um right right at the end of summer um well the guy that you know sophomore guy that we were going to have end up starting for us you know he went from playing ninth grade football to missing all spring all football development in the summertime to playing 5a football away right away um, you know, and by the time we got to the end of the season, he was probably where we needed to be at the end of summer. Um, so, you know, I, I think just for the development of our kids, and I think we show we show, shown through uh, our fall sports that we can have sports, you know, safely um, with all the COVID precautions. Because I thought I think all our schools are doing a good job with that and stuff like that. So, and you know, most of us have campuses, you know, with the sports going on where athletes aren't going to be intermixing with each other. So I think this is big for us moving over and to get back to some normalcy. I think that's a big thing. You know, we, we want to – we've kind of got – we've done a little bit more as the, as the seasons have gone on. We've made it through fall good. we made it through winter. We're getting the spring started off. We're going to make it through that. And then this will help us kind of take that next step to get back to some normalcy and getting back to what, what we were used to. Getting back to what we're used to, and that is talking to one of the guys who has a loud voice in our great state of South Carolina is the head of – uh, the athletic director, head football coach of Lexington High School, Coach Perry Wilbright. Coach, getting back to what we, we used to. Now, back in our days, uh, again, I'm 43, we played football right after Labor Day. Now, that's one of the questions that I know you guys are kind of batting around, if you were, throwing the ball around if you're a football player, and that also of looking at the playoff schedule. Now, being a traditionalist, I'm, I'm going to think that you may like the playoffs that we have but may not have a problem or maybe have a problem with starting early or late. What's your thoughts? in your position to start football season early week zero or wait till after Labor Day. And then what does playoffs and a perfect scenario for you guys look like? You know, I, I think, you know, pushing it back could work for everybody. Uh, you know, this year, one thing was nice, you know, we didn't have too many heat and humidity days where, you know, the wet bulb comes an issue. Didn't have a lot of thunderstorm days where that becomes an issue. So, you know, I, I think, I think that can work. I think the big thing though, we can't, we can't cut these playoffs out. Um, I, I think there's too much miss for that. Um, you know, AD side of it, you know, just being able to have that extra game, the revenue. But just for the kids, you know, uh, having that chance as 
a three seed, a four seed, you know, with the chance to go play. Um, you know, when I was at Batesburg Leeds, when we played for the state championship, we were the four seed. Um, we so we went on the road all all four rounds and made it to the state championship. So I I think we got to have the five rounds. You know, not just for that. You know, a lot of people say, well, lots of times out four seed to one, it's just a blowout. And yes, yes, it is a blowout. But those kids don't know that. Those kids have the opportunity to go play, and that's why if we thought every game where you're outmatched is going to be over, why play that game? You play the game for that. Right. Number two, you know, lots of times. Those kids, especially in small communities, you know, let's say if somebody on the west west uh, side of the state are going to play somebody on the east coast of the state in the playoffs, well, those kids lots of times have never been that part of the state because a lot of them small-town kids, they never leave that small town. So that's an opportunity to go somewhere else to play other kids. So, you know, I think it's just too many benefits to, to having five rounds to not having it. So I think that's a big part of it is we can push things back, but we can't shorten our playoffs for any sport. And I, I think there's very few coaches throughout the state of any sport that would be in fan of cutting our playoffs like we've had to this year. And, you know, this year's understandable. You know, it, it was unprecedented circumstances, and we had to make do, and we make do so we could play. That's why I don't think there's many, as, as many complaints this year because we, coaches were just willing to do whatever it took to play. But uh, next year, if we're going to get back to normalcy, even if we got to push back, we, we cannot shorten our playoffs. I totally agree. As we're wrapping it up here with the athletics director, head football coach, Lexington High School's very own. Well, in the F3 world, it's uh, Mr. Boucher. To you guys, it's Coach Perry Woolbright wrapping up here tonight's show. And and for you, Coach, uh, as an athletic director, and this is something that I had a conversation on just earlier because there's so much misconception and maybe uneducated conversation on people not understanding why prices seem to maybe be a little bit higher, or maybe you guys are doing a live stream and there's a charge for that live stream. But for me and a guy that's played in this high school league many moons back, you know, there's got to be a way, some way that you guys have got to be able to make back up the loss because in football for you guys, for sure. I know the tickets that come through the gate pays for not only football, but it pays for the winter, the spring and all a lot of sports that you guys play over there on the campus. So going forward, we already know that next year the championship games will be a little bit more than what we're used to, but it's because of supply and demand or the lack of supply and the demand that's still in place. Coach, uh, can you kind of talk to our listeners who, who see maybe a ticket price that even though it's 2 or $3 higher, but there's a reason behind the madness? Yeah, definitely. You know, we're, we're not the college programs, you know, have that big TV budget and all that stuff coming through. You know, we're slowly fed off of gate revenue, and the month, the little bit of the money the districts can give us. And a lot of schools, areas, it may not be any money from the district, and it's totally gate revenue. Um, so when you when you miss out on that, it's totally big. You know, I can just speak, for example, with Lexington High School. You know, our football program, we with our budget, I, I budget to where our football program is solely funded off our gate revenue um, to where we can take our money that the district gives us and put, give to all our non-revenue sports. Um, this year alone, we lost probably about $58,000 in gate revenue at our football game. That's $58,000 we can't make up that, you know, is gone now. Um, and so, so we get, we got to get creative ways to make that up. So when those start, things start, start losing, you know, and we, and we don't want to, you know, as ADs, we don't want to jack up our ticket prices, you know, because we want as many people to be able to come. We want our games to be enjoyable because high school sports is still the – Still the purest form of sports, but we also don't want to take away from from the equipment, the needs that our student athletes need to be successful. 
because it does take monetary things to make sure our kids have the equipment and everything they need to where they can be successful as high school athletes. Now, Coach, before we get you out of here, I'm asking all the coaches, athletic directors, because we've been fortunate. We had C.E. Murray's uh, athletic director, head football coach, Coach Smitty on right before you. And, of course, we'll ask all of our coaches, as a player, as a coach, as an athletic director, do you, do you like to win more or do you hate to lose? Which one is it, if you had to uh, answer that one on a poll question? Oh, that's a tough one there. Um <laughs> I think I I, uh, I think I I, li- I like to win more, um, you know, just because you know you're gonna lose, um, you know, it, it doesn't matter what what you do, how hard you train, there's always gonna be somebody better than you out there. There's always gonna be things out of your control that you can't control. So you so you so you're gonna lose. So you know, if you go in there, I think thinking, hey, I'm never gonna lose and stuff like that. And if you let every loss that you have you know, get you just down in the dumps, it's, it's going to run. So that's why when, when you get those wins, that means, you know, everything came together, not just, not just just the practice during the week, the game plan, the all-season preparation, you know, the coaches being in sync, and everything came together for that win. So I think the win, you know, is the, is a great, satisfying thing. And the losses, you know, they're tough. And, and nobody that coaches is going to like to lose, but, but you can't let a loss be the end of the world for you. I like it, Coach, and that's why they give you the head hat over there as the athletic director, the head football coach, and doing it in style, of course. Uh, as always, Coach Perry Wilbright, we appreciate you coming on here with us tonight. We can't wait to get you back here. And, uh, again, thank you for all that you do for every sport that comes across your desk or every field that you take a chance and walk on and every athlete you have a conversation with. You mean a lot to us. It's Other Sports Central, and we appreciate all that you do for our athletes here in South Carolina. Oh, I pre- thank you. I appreciate you having me on. Love to come back on any time. And I appreciate, you know, guys like you that are taking their time to make sure, you know, high school athletics are still being put out there. High school athletics are not dying. You know, high school athletics have been part of my life, my entire life, um, and my my family's life for probably 60-plus years now. Um, and, and the Woolbrights being involved. So guys like you are the, are the reason high school athletics still are what they are today. Well, Coach, that means more than you'd ever know. And I'll reach out with you individually and uh, have another conversation with you because I do want to get you back. And, again, like I mentioned, make sure you tell the family thanks for lending you away one more time to talk some sports. I know they probably appreciate uh, you getting out here doing what you do, but I do appreciate it as well, Coach. Have a great night, and God bless. All right. All right. Thank you. You too. All right, guys, there you go. Quick break because we're taking the bus all the way from Lexington High School to Anderson, South Carolina. T.O. Hannah is on the clock. Here comes Coach Tone right out of this, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central, Hour 3, now. to Southern Sports Central, your source for all things sports, with your host, Richie Altman, Richie Altman. and Eugene Benton taking your call at 323-784-9681.
Now, let's join Richie in the studio. Everybody, hour number three on the clock with you live. I'm Rich Yelm alongside Eugene Bent. This is Southern Sports Central. Find us on Twitter, SO Sports Central. We're doing it big on Facebook at Southern Sports Central. We're doing it big right now. Anderson, South Carolina, the head coach at T.O. Hanna's one and only Coach Jason Tone. Coach, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Man, what an introduction. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> I get excited, man. I tell you, but having you guys on, having my dudes in here that are directing traffic on Monday through Sunday, man, this is what it's all about, Coach. Appreciate the time. Hey, no, no problem. The, the Stone Cold theme song, man, that was great. So. <laughs> I figured you would like, hey, that was y'all season, wasn't it? You guys busted through the glass hey, that, and made a little noise. I, I don't know about that, but, I mean, hey, we uh, <laughs> we we had a good year. Uh, we'll put it that way, so. Man, I tell you what, Coach, uh, let's talk a little bit about you, and then we're going to talk about your your school, which uh, some may or may not know. There's a lot of famousness that happens around that campus, not only with the football players, but, uh, you know, there's just some history here. And this was probably a special year for you guys over there at at T.O. Hanna, and we'll talk about that here tonight if if we can. But uh, let's introduce you, Coach, as, uh, you know, you've been around for a while, but you, of course, got a history of yourself. Tell us a little about who is Coach Tone and where you grew up, where you went to school, and uh, kind of give us the background. Well, I'm, uh, I grew up in Valdosta, Georgia, uh, son of a Air Force. I was an Air Force brat. Uh, my dad was uh, was in the Air Force, and, and we moved around a little bit, but I spent most of my my life in Valdosta, Georgia. I uh, went to Lowndes High School uh, down in South Georgia, and um and uh, went to Valdosta State in college, you know, stayed there, met my wife, and uh, pretty much lived in South Georgia my entire life. Um, left Lowndes um, as a – I was a community coach there through college. Left there and went to Camden County with Coach Heron for uh, five years. And um, and then after uh, the 2012 season, um, went to Worth County as the head coach. Uh, spent four seasons there, and then uh, and then came up here to Anderson, South Carolina. It's funny how God kind of orders your steps, because it was uh, I wasn't expecting to jump the state border, and I, I always said I wasn't going to coach past the Macon Dixon line in Macon, Georgia, and I'm all the way up here in a different state. So I like the Macon Dixon line. That's pretty good. I like it's kind of catchy. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, uh, I've been in, like I said, I've been in South Georgia my whole life. I've been fortunate enough to be around good programs and good coaches. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be around on some good teams. And uh, and I'm just uh, excited. Uh, these past four years here in Anderson, South Carolina, it, it really reminds me of Valdosta when I was growing up. You know, uh, Valdosta is now a bigger town, but, you know, uh, Anderson reminds me a lot about Valdosta, Georgia, a lot of home. So. We're hanging out virtually on the campus right there. T.O. Hanna, Coach uh, Jason Tone, Valdasta, Georgia, by the way. Great football. If you don't know, now you know because these guys, uh, I know we talk South Carolina sports, but Valdasta's got some players over there, and we can go through that on another day, Coach, because this is the first of many of getting you in here. Uh, This year, a very special year because a year ago, 
uh, I believe November, December is when uh, an icon, not only uh, to Anderson or, or even T.L. Hanna, but to the world that everybody knew who radio was, uh, you know, uh, left and in, in, in the big Lord above had a job for him. You know, we lost Coach McKissick, who was a legendary coach. We lost a big guy down here, Ted Burns, who's a voice of the Citadel back in the day, did some radio stuff with me down here in Charleston on many avenues uh, in the world of sports. But how hard was it for you? You've been here, like you said, four years, right? So I'm sure you had a pretty good relationship with the guy that we know as uh, radio. Uh, what, what was it like for you, and how hard was it for that community uh, a year ago when we lost the guy who was, became a household name to everybody in the world of sports? Well, he was he was a big part. Uh, he was T.O. Hanna. Uh, you know, the four years I've been, I was here, you know, if, if you ever had a – uh, you know, not, I wouldn't say a bad day. You don't have very many bad days at Hannah, but if you had bad moments, anytime you came across radio, he always put a smile on your face. Um, he, he was, he was just, he was great. And, uh, honestly, just fortunate enough that, uh, he was able to lead us out the last game of the season, uh, last year, you know, before, uh, before he passed away, you know, that was actually a, a big deal and a big honor for our kids and our program. And, and, uh, you know, one thing, you know, we kind of started this year at home games. We'd go by and, you know, you know, kind of touch a statue and, uh, and um, you know, just kind of honor him uh, and what he means to us and our kids and our program. Well, it meant a lot for us here at Southern Sports Central because, you know, again, you, you think of certain names, and he was a guy that just – his story alone was great, but there's so much more about him that one day I'd like to get you back in here, Coach, and you kind of tell us a little bit about it. I know we've had – uh, you know, Ramon Robinson, he's a big-time uh, supporter of Southern Sports Central. He does a lot. I believe he's got some connections to your school up there as well. And, uh, you know, we hit a lot of that community pretty hard. But you guys, again, I, I would like to say that, you know, he was watching you guys all year long. And now let's talk about that special season. I thought you guys made a great run this year. And uh, for me, I felt like he was kind of overlooking you guys from above with that radio, just watching you guys, uh, you know, do what you needed to do in a very – different seasons so uh talk about the post the preseason and let's get all the way through uh the rest of that conversation coach well he was definitely cheering us on i'm sure uh you know in, in heaven looking down on us but uh yeah we had a great year um you know the, the preseason was i'm sure every coach you've had on here it was it was stressful and pretty difficult you know um you know you as a football coach you're always worried about losing time this that and the other and then when you're when you're having to work out in groups of nine and we got, you know, 170 plus kids in the program, um, trying to, uh, you know, come up with ways and facilities to house and, and get work done. And it was just a lot of, a lot of things we had to do, uh, just to ensure that we had a season, you know, and, uh, you know, uh, hats off to our training staff, our, uh, administration and, and our coaches for, coming up with a good plan and, and getting our kids through and safe. And, and, uh, we were able to, you know, we were probably as, in better shape than we had ever been because you couldn't touch any equipment for a while. Um, so, uh, we, you know, I, they did a good job as far as that goes, but, you know, you just never knew, you know, and again, I'm sure a lot of the coaches have talked about it, but you just never knew if you were actually going to get a season. So, you know, always, always told our coaches after we met, you know, when it was getting closer, if we can just get in one game, if we can just play one game, you know, that'll be great for these kids, you know, because nobody really knew anything about this virus at that time, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, 
we were fortunate enough to to get through the preseason and the scrimmages and things of that nature and uh, uh, had a pretty good regular season. Uh, I don't know how much in depth you want me to get. Um, had had a pretty good regular season. Um, you know, you start with your region play and and uh, you know we played Woodmont and then we had you know Malden and who put us out of the playoffs uh, the year before. Um, and that was a tough, a tough physical game for us. Um, and then all the way, you know, through, you know, we had two games that were, were canceled. Um, the Burns game got canceled uh, due to COVID uh, issues. At one point, I think it was the week before, uh, you know, Burns had, you know, maybe a younger guy or something uh, test positive. I can't, I can't quite remember. And then, uh, you know, the week we were supposed to play Hillcrest for the region championship, about halfway through that week, you know, they had had a guy test positive. So we had to push that game back two weeks, which canceled the uh, the Daniel game at the end of the year. So um, so we had, you know, we wound up having two games canceled and, and uh, basically two off weeks. But, you know, we played Hillcrest uh, the last game of the season. Uh, we got to host them for the region championship and was able to uh, come up, come away with the victory, and you know it was a it was a pretty miraculous playoff run. You, you know, um, we had guys get close contact quarantined, a couple of starters, and then uh, you know our uh, Shrine Bowl defensive lineman, three uh, three year starter, broke his ankle the first drive of the region championship game, so he didn't play the entire playoff run. Uh, you know, so it was just one of those things where kids just kept stepping up and and uh we were able to to come back to beat a talented ridgeview team and coach parks did a great job with them in fact i think he's moved on to the college level now um and then we went to gaffney the the next week and uh and then um uh (laughs) held on we built a three touchdown lead in the third quarter and then they scored in three consecutive plays and missed the extra point, and then we wound up driving the ball nine minutes and eating up the rest of the clock to to hold on to the lead and 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 play for the upper state where we played Northwestern, who uh, we wound up having to come back on that one as well. Um, we drove, we had to drive and converted three fourth downs on the last drive. It was a seven minute drive or six and a half minute drive, and had to convert three fourth downs. But in all that, you know, our kids, you know, they, they kept believing each other, kept, you know, pulling together. And and uh, it was just one of those things where the senior leadership, they led us from preseason all the way to postseason. It's, uh, it's been a special group to be around. And, and I told um, at our banquet, I told the TV station, you know, they were the bright spot. 2020 had a lot of crap, you know, a lot of uh, bad things, a lot of negative, um, you know, from – coronavirus canceling school you know and things of that nature but but they were the positive you know uh, with all the hate going on in the world that locker room pulled together and, and came with uh, came together for an entire season it was it was fun to watch fun to be a part of no doubt it was fun to be a part of our side where we were watching you guys i started calling you guys the comeback kids of 2020 campaign because you guys were just refused to lose i mean and, and i really look at it coach is that covid kind of taught us that right i mean you had to get together. If not, you weren't going to survive in multiple ways. I mean, I'm not saying one way or the other, but it seemed like you said, during all this hate that was happening during the summer with division, we did the best I think that we did was bringing these athletes back together 
and they went out in the community and they became the community, right? They became the light. And these are kids that we're supposed to be teaching them how to live, but yet as normal, right? They're teaching us how we're supposed to do some things. And I watched you guys all year long and, and Eugene and myself and, and our partners up there with the upstate blitz and Kim Brown and I were, were talking. I'll tell you something, man. I don't know what Coach Jason Tone's got going on up there at T.L. Hanna besides some healthy cats that are putting on a, a clinic, man. But I tell you what, I think they're going to make a run. And we started watching what you guys were able to do, and I thought you guys, without a doubt, you had that, that leadership that I didn't see in a lot of areas and a lot of teams of the seniors stepping up this year. But your team definitely did that with the seniors. How many exact numbers did you guys have this year on your team? Seniors? Uh, we had 34 seniors this year. Wow, um, and and they did like I said, they did a great job. Um, you know, they enjoyed practice. Uh, you know, there's a lot of times I've been a part of a lot of teams that don't enjoy going out there and practicing. Everybody enjoys the games, but mm-hmm. uh, I couldn't I couldn't tell you you know one bad practice we had. Which again, I've been a part of several teams that we've had several bad practices, but this team. Again, when you have something taken away from you for just a little bit, you you tend to enjoy and realize, hey, it could be taken away at any moment. Because we had several starters, you know, quarantine. You know, we were going to play Gaffney, and our starting linebacker gets quarantined that Monday. You know, wow. and and you know, so you just never you just never know. It's like you know, I, I would tell them, you know, every time, guys, you need to be thankful. You just never know when it's your last game, when it's uh, when you. You know, when you're not going to be able to be out there with your teammates, you just you just never knew. Uh, it was all the uncertainty, and uh, and like I said, these these seniors they 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 banded together, and it was it uh, it was fun for me to be a part of. You know, I know uh, I'm sure there's a lot of coaches that could say the same thing. You know, for this year. We're right now hanging out on the campus of T.L. Hanna with Coach Jason Tone, the head football coach of the boys, who got a lot done this year, made a lot of. Uh, smiling faces and went to a beautiful places as of course uh, they made a great run in the state of South Carolina in the season we had no idea if it was going to finish and coach like you said you know this was an accountability season in more ways off the field as it is usually on the field and there was so much that, that we learned between you know the lines and, and of course in our communities now with that being said we know this year and we didn't have it last year and that is uh, the spring practice for your guys how excited were you as a coach to know that it was going to be, like we say, the normalcy of what we saw last year taken away? And, and, and do you think that this year, because these athletes saw it not become a, a reality, that they'll appreciate the spring, they'll show up early, they'll work harder, they're still later? Uh, do you think there's going to be some of that happening once you guys hit the pads and get things going here in a couple months? Well, I'm sure there will be for a day or two, you know, when the newness wears yeah. off. But, uh, you know, it. Uh, I, I think, you know, it's taught us in the short the short term to be thankful, you know, for everything that we've got. And, uh, you know, I just hope that we do keep it as normal as possible. I was I was glad that, the, you know, the decision was kind of tabled or whatever for, for at least a month or two, um, you know, as far as spring practice goes, because I do think, you know, as normal as we can be, it benefits everybody. You know, I, I you know, you, you kind of hate to admit this, but I told, you know, a lot of people, you know, the organizations I speak at, you know, we preach mental toughness all the time to the kids. And, you know, I had to live it out this year as a head coach. You know, every time I got an email or a phone call, 
you know, that so-and-so is getting tested or so-and-so didn't feel well this morning, you know, my thoughts and my, like, man, we're going, you know, it's going to get camp. We're not going to get to play. We're going to have to forfeit, you know, you know, whatever. It was just, it was all negative <laughs> as opposed to, <laughs> to, 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 uh, to being positive. And uh, so, you know, this year really taught me about mental toughness. You know, you talk about it to your kids all the time. And, and this year we had to live it. So, um, you know, hopefully uh, we can keep it as normal as possible because I know I'm a routine kind of guy. Uh, and and these kids need a routine and a normal uh, a normal routine in my opinion. Now let me ask you this: You talk about tabling thing, Coach. Uh, what's your thoughts as they tabled the conversation about what we're going to do in the actual fall? Back in our day in South Carolina, and of course, I'm sure maybe even where you were at, they played football after Labor Day. I'm not sure how they did it in Valdosta, but here in Charleston and in the, the area in the state, they always played after Labor Day. Your thoughts on that? Do you like that with the humidity, wet bulb conversation that didn't seem to be quite the distraction? And then uh, playoffs. I know it it didn't affect you. You guys were in the playoffs. But do you like having the third and fourth in there to have that Cinderella story to actually become a conversation? Or do you like it the way we had it this past season? Well, there's pros and cons to everything. Uh, Me personally, I like four teams in the playoffs. Um, I think, you know, I think a team, you know, like this year, you slip up in the first, you know, one or two games, you know, you were out of it, I mean, pretty much. I mean, it was tough to get in the playoffs. So you could have been a good team, but when playing the region at the beginning, you know, I know that's a different circumstance. When playing the region at the beginning and you slip up once or twice and then you pull it together and, and, and get it going, well, shoot, you could have been a really good team and not made the playoffs. Um I've actually been a part of a state championship team that was finished third, you know, and won nine straight games. Uh, so I, I think, you know, I think, you know, you give them as many opportunities without letting everybody in, you know, I mean, that you can, uh, because I think, again, it gives it gives everybody a, a chance to play at least a week longer and things like that. Um, I, I will be honest, starting after Labor Day was a knife, you know, uh, with it not being this, you know, you had to practice like one week in the heat, and then after that, it, it felt pretty good. But, uh, but I think you know the way we 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 were doing it, I think worked. Uh, I don't think I don't think you got to reinvent the wheel. Um, you know, COVID is something that we're kind of dealing with right now. But I don't think you got to reinvent the wheel to uh, with everything else that we're doing. Hanging out on the campus, T.L. Hannah, the bus is up there virtually hanging out with their head football coach, Coach Jason Tone, hanging out tonight with a conversation about, you know, the ups and downs and the all-arounds of the season that we're very thankful for, that we had no idea whether it would be a conversation here tonight, whether it would even have completed. And, of course, Coach, we did that in in style. Now, when you look at the other side of things, and and this is something I haven't asked any of the coaches tonight, but let me ask you your thoughts. Uh, Growing up in our days, 707 wasn't a conversation. Uh, it's a lot different now than it's ever been. You see social media is a factor of uh, what you guys have to kind of oversee. What's your thoughts, first of all, of 707? Are you a fan of the 707s? And then how much do you stay on top of watching your young athletes when they're with someone else? And then we'll talk about maybe the likes and dislikes of the world of social media. Do you watch us this year? <laughs> we we, we – we, uh... Seven on seven's got its place. I, you know, there's there's no doubt about it. You know, um, 
you know, and the college campuses are closed, so this might be a chance to get a little bit more exposure. You know, I can see a place for it. Uh, but I'm a proponent of playing multiple sports. I mean, that's just – I try to get our kids to wrestle. I try to get them to play basketball. I try to get them to, to run track. Uh, you know, lacrosse. we got some lacrosse players, soccer. Uh, I'm not I'm not a big proponent in specializing, you know. Um, there's not – there's not many guys that make it big time that all they did was football. Um, and, and I just think that competing at something you're not necessarily great at. If you're a great football player and you compete at baseball, but you're not necessarily a great baseball player, I think there's there's benefit in that. You know, is there some humility? There's teaching you better ways to compete and things of that nature. So I'm more of a proponent for playing multiple sports than just focusing on one. And that goes for anything, you know, basketball, you know, if you're a great basketball player, I don't think you should be playing AAU year-round. I think you should play a different sport. Now, uh, does everybody do that? No, and that's that's okay. That's okay, too. Everybody's got their own opinion. Um, but, you know, we, we try to do a couple of seven-on-sevens in the summer. Um, but as far as, you know, in the in the spring and things like that, uh, you know, I, I, I think I've got a few kids that are doing some seven-on-seven uh, teams or whatnot. Um, and again, you know, like I told them, the college campuses are closed right now. So this is, you know, this is kind of what we're left with right now. Um, you know, uh, I, I don't, uh, did I answer the que- your question? Was there a second yep, part? You're fine. Well, the other, the other part was I was going to get with you on the social media side. You and I didn't have this growing up. You know, uh, it took 30 minutes to get dial up. By then we were done waiting at the computer. We went back outside. But these kids, man, it's right now. It's right in front of them. How much have you talked to your kids and the importance? Because we've had so many different college coaches on our show from anywhere from the Power Five into the FCSs to recruiters across the country that have said how important that they keep their clean side of social media and Twitter because that needs to be their business page. Do you guys have somebody on staff? Are you one of those guys that kind of makes them follow you and you follow them? Uh, How are you maintaining it to maybe help some of our other coaches who are maybe getting into coaching for the first time and trying to understand how do you control this uh, this monster of uh, of Twitter? Well, I don't know if you can control it. Um, you know, social media is a tool, you know, and just like anything else, it can be used positively or negatively, you know, with, with anything. Uh, there's there's positives and negatives. And uh, if you use the tool in, a, in the proper way positively, it's got a lot of benefit. Um, if you use the tool negatively and, and uh, you know, for bad or, 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 you know, lack of a better term, then, then yes, it's going to have a detrimental effect and could cost you later on in life. You, you see it all the time happen to celebrities and, and politicians and like where they bring up their past off of social media because once it's there, it's there. Um, so, you know, I, I, I am a proponent of talking to them about, you know, making sure that they, they keep their social media up and, and self-promoting, you know, it's, uh, you know, recruiting nowadays has changed uh, over the last five to ten years. And I tell the, the guys, you know, they've got to attack it from their side while we attack it from our side as a coach. Uh, but they've got to self-promote and, and, and things of that nature. And their page is what does that. You know, they've got to get their name out there self-promoting while we get their names out uh, in other avenues, whether it's email, whether it's texting directly to the coach, calling for them, things of that nature. So, 
it, it is a it, it is a tool that can be used uh, very positively for those kids. And uh, do I don't have anybody on my staff? That's a good idea. You know, I'm uh, I never claim to be the smartest person in the world. I steal ideas all the time. That's a good idea of getting somebody, <laughs> you know, uh, to follow and follow back. But uh, a lot of my players do follow me. You know, we we try and use it to help build our brand and help promote our school and our program and things of that nature. Uh, and what and what we're trying to do, and, and just to kind of show off, you know, you know the positive sides of of what we're doing, um, you know, because again, uh, I've said it before, you know, there's a lot of negativity going on, and it seems like to build something up, you got to tear, you know, another program down, or you get, and we try not, you know, what I mean, we're just trying to 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 shine the positive light on what our kids are doing, what our program's about, who we are, and, and things of that nature. Well, Coach, i got to be honest with you, you're doing a great job with it. I can't wait to catch up there because once these things kind of go down, I know our governor here started uh, opening the doors or at least keeping them open later, right? I thought I think I saw something on that yesterday. So, you know, hopefully this is a trend in the right direction so that we can actually make a trip physically, not just virtually. And uh, I'd love the chance to come on your campus for you to walk us around and, and tell us some of the stories of radio, but also tell us some of the stories of some of the things that you guys did j- just this past year because – up there at Anderson, at Tiana, you guys are you guys are doing a great job. I appreciate what you do on and off the field, Coach. And let's get you back on here real soon. Uh, thanks for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, I like coming on and talking about our program, bragging about our kids. Um, you know, uh, Tiana is a special place. Um, our our administration and our uh, superintendent they they've got a good vision. Uh, and they've they've uh, they've really done a good job making athletics not just football but athletics important. And um, you know it's it's uh, you know every time you know I, it's like Disneyland. Every time I go to work, man, I feel like I'm I'm at Disney World. That's not a bad feeling to have. I feel like every time I get on the air and I get a chance to hang out with you. Like I said a couple of weeks ago, we had the commissioner on here, and I figured if I could get the commissioner to come on the show. Yeah, I must be doing something right because I felt like he was sitting there in his recliner. We were just talking shop, talking the love of football, and just like you and me, you know, we have a, we have a common bond, and that's all of our athletes here in South Carolina and all of our kids over there with you, of course, at T.O. Coach, the final question I've asked all of our coaches here tonight, it's kind of our quiz or, or our survey, but are you a kind of guy, an athlete, a coach, that, that, that you like to win or you hate to lose? Which way would you circle the wagon here? Well, I was on the I was on the line whenever you asked the previous coach, so I had some uh, a moment to think about it. And when you asked Coach Woolbright, uh, I am I am I hate to lose, and right, I, you know this isn't a good thing. Um, I, I don't say this uh, like in a, but I I don't enjoy winning like I should. Uh, winning is more of a relief than a joy, and uh, that's not a good thing. Uh, I've I really worked on it this year. I have my coaching staff try and keep me accountable and, and my wife as well. But uh, uh, you never enjoy the – I never enjoy the wins as much as I should, and I always dwell on the losses longer than I should. So, um, you know, I, I've got to do a better job of that. But, yeah, I hate losing. Like, uh, <laughs> I just hate losing. Coach, you know, the one thing my father told me years ago, and he may be wrong or right, I don't know, but it's worked out for me to this point. He said, son, I'll teach you a lot of things, but I'll never teach you how to lose because I don't want 
you to one day wake up and enjoy losing. It's just life. And I can tell you, he wasn't a military man. He was a guy who, who surfed, grew up just being one of those kind of life lesson kind of guys. But he said, man, look, you got to learn to lose on your own. But when you start to enjoy losing, we got a big problem in this house and you can't stay around long. So yeah, I'm like you, I, I, I like to win, but I really hate to lose. And I've asked coach Steve LaPrade, who I was with for, for this past season, I've asked coach McKissick and you know, these kind of coaches along with yourself. And of course here in a minute, we'll be over at Buford with coach uh, LeBrand here. You guys remember your losses a lot more than you remember your wins. I would imagine. Oh, oh yeah. They, they, they stick with you. Um, and again, I'm not saying it as a badge of honor by any stretch of the meaning. I'm saying it, you know, that I gotta I gotta find a way to to enjoy winning because a lot there's a lot of hard work that goes into that. But usually after a win, you're focused on the next week's opponent as opposed to enjoying it. And uh, um, I, I got to do a better job of that. But I, man, I can't stand losing. It, it bothers me. So just like it yeah, does every, every competitor. <laughs> This is very true, Coach. You're you're in a room full of us here on Southern Sports Central. Thanks again. Thank your wife for the opportunity to get you away here for a couple of hours. Uh, thank you, of course, everybody here at the campus on uh, in Anderson, South Carolina, over there at Tiohanna. We wish you guys a, a healthy preseason there in spring ball, and uh, we're going to get you back, Coach. You're not going too far because we still got a lot of conversation. I can't wait to talk about why you picked the state of South Carolina to come here and coach uh, after your days over at Valdosta. But again. Enjoy the week. It looks like a beautiful one ahead. And until next time, God bless you and your family. Thank you so much. God bless. All right, guys. There you go. The bus is now in round, and we're coming back to the Low Country. We're heading to Buford High School with Coach Bryce LeBrand here, and we can't wait to get in here with him. He's got a couple big dogs over there. Alvin Wilson. We'll talk about Daryl DePass. We'll talk about, and everybody's heard about even Smalls. He's got him, them, and a lot of guys over there ready to get it on here, and we'll talk about those all right after this, guys. Don't go anywhere. Southern Sports Central rolling on right out of this. Now, for the utmost reports on sports of all sorts, Let's join Richie Altman and Eugene Benton on Southern Sports Central. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Welcome back to the Southern Sports Central. Our final guest is landing is right down here in the lower part of the low country. Yeah, they're doing it big down there at Buford High School. Coach Bryce joining us here now on Southern Sports Central, the first of many. Coach, thanks for your time here tonight. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. And I tell you what, Coach, I have not had the pleasure, and it is an honor to get you in here with us tonight, but I've had the opportunity to get to meet a lot of your guys. And boy, do you guys, I don't know what you're feeding them down there, but talent. Has got to be on the menu. And I just said Alvin, of course, Darrow, and Eamon. And that's just naming three out of about 50 of your dudes down there that ball out every Friday night. 
Yeah, we're 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 extremely fortunate. We got we got some great football players, but um, more than having great football players, there's there's a bunch of really great young men down here that uh, represent our program the right way, and we're really proud of them. We're you know we're building this thing, and uh, you know we're two years into it with this coaching staff, and uh, we feel like we're headed in the right direction. But uh, we got some we got some great kids here. We really do. Coach Bryce hanging out with us here tonight at, of course, uh, the 8.30 segment. We have on the clock with us Buford High School. The bus pulled back down here into the low country where, uh, you know, Coach, there was a lot of things that we weren't sure about. But you knew, and I'm pretty sure you and your coaches knew, if you could get them on the field, you could get them in the playoffs. You guys did that, by the way. Talk about your season. Talk about the preseason, if you will. How did you – you know, I got a lot of these same kids that we're talking about, uh, thanks to a good buddy of mine over there that does a, uh, a, a great mentorship down there, uh, EMC. And uh, I met these guys all at these different camps throughout the summer. And well-mannered, like you mentioned, great men, great right. young men, but amazing football players, I would agree. But I would say even better men off the field, Coach. And you ought to be very proud of how they handle themselves with respect and honor uh, at all of these camps. But uh, kind of talk about the post- the preseason and then walk us through all the way to the postseason this year. Uh, yeah, you know, the, the the preseason was tough, and it was tough for everybody. You know, you're, you're kind of – you start basically at this time last year, we thought, okay, we're going to have a little two-week break, and then we're going to get back to it. And then, uh, you know, and then it turns into a month. And then, you know, hey, we're going to be out through the end of school and – um, you know, and then it's getting in the summer and you're not able to have them and um, just a lot of uncertainty, um, you know, and, and I think that, that maybe more than anything with that, it, it gave us all just a little more appreciation for, for you know, being a part of a team and um, how much we love being around the kids for our coaches and for our kids to, to realize how much they love being around their teammates and their coaches, um, you know, and so it turned into one of those things that uh, – you know, it was really tough, and, and honestly, there was a lot of self-accountability that went with, um, you know, making sure they were in shape, and, you know, we were texting kids and talking to kids and saying, hey, you know, we got to, whenever we get to come back, we got to be able to roll right now, and so, um, you know, I thought our kids did a phenomenal job of that, and, and then, uh, you know, we get into the season, and um, I, I don't know, I, I've probably got a little bit of, of uh, pessimistic coach in me sometimes because you know we I remember we went into that first game and and I was just like ah, I think I think we're pretty good but I, I don't know how good we are and um, the kids just played phenomenal that week and then they played phenomenal the next week and just week after week they were just playing great and um, you know we went five and two we we lost to uh, Carolina Forest who was a you know either an elite eight or a, or a final four team and uh, 5A, and then we lost to uh, to Myrtle Beach, who obviously is a powerhouse in 4A. So, um, you know, we we were in there, we were we were punching with with those big time teams, and we've just got to learn how to how to go and and um, and win those big games and those big moments. And um, those are things that you learn as you go. You know, we won back to back region championships, which is something that hasn't been done here in a while. Um, I think the first time we've won a playoff game in five or six years here was last year. So, um, you know, we're headed in the right direction, but you know, anything but a normal year, it was, it was very different. Um, but at the same time, you, you just kind of have to roll with the punches. And, uh, I thought our kids did an excellent job of handling that. 
Well, Coach, it all starts with leadership. As you know, one of my favorite movies, Remember the Titans, he says attitude reflects leadership. And every guy, every young man that I get a chance to talk to, whether they're playing with the Outlaws right now, which you have a lot of guys that are playing over there with my lawyer, and those guys to just working out, getting the work in, like you see, of course, with Mr. Smalls there, rolling tires, doing whatever he's got to do. I watched him jump the fence one day, and I thought, my God, this kid can do about everything over there. Because <laughs> I felt bad for the fence if it didn't work, but it worked, so I was feeling pretty good. But, you know, you, you, it's that community down there. It's so special. And, again, back in a few years ago, this same school was in the same region with Somerville, where I was the voice of the Green Wave. And we would go down there, and they – by the way, you guys have the world's largest mosquitoes I've ever seen. And maybe that's kind of use them, use them for you, not against you. But home, the coolest thing that I thought, Ricky. That's, that's my God, it is. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah, and they put the radio crew outside because I thought that was cool. I said, man, this is just an, this is great. But <laughs> the fun part I liked about this, coach, is I saw the the teachers, and this was not a COVID season, of course, but the tailgating. Man, there's tradition down there. And I can't remember this young man's name. He was one of the running backs. And this was, gosh, dog, by about 2000, uh, they was a big-time running back back there back in the day. And this kid would literally throw up before the game and then throw up about 1,000 yards, it felt like, on the field <laughs> as he would run down the sides. And I thought, man, that's a pretty neat idea, man. But there's so much tradition. And, and I get you guys down there. And, and that's why we do what we do here on Southern Sports Central. Because down here in Charleston, I know that, you know, Loco Sports and our buddies down there cover you guys really, really well. But we've committed to you guys, along with all the schools down there in y'all's backyard, to giving you the exposure because there's so much tradition. Like I mentioned, the tailgating that happens before a game and a non-COVID season and some of the other things that makes that football so special at Buford. Yeah, it's, it's a neat place. It really is. It's, it's funny. Uh, you know, I was I coached for uh, Fort Dorchester for four years. Um, Mm-hmm. And and I remember coming down and coaching against Buford, and and just like you just said, I remember you know pulling in and seeing all the people tailgating, and I just thought, wow, what a what a neat environment that is. And um, you know, it's funny how life works out. You know, several years later, I'm I'm back down here. I take a job to to work for Devonte Holloman, and uh, you know, have the opportunity to be an offensive coordinator. Then the next year, I I you know, I'm fortunate enough to be the head coach here, but. Um, yeah, it's just a it's a neat place, and even in the playoffs this year, you know, talking with, you know, Coach Jenneret at, at uh, you know West Florence and uh, Mickey Wilson at Myrtle Beach, you know, and then the year before talking with, um, you know, Coach Calabrese at Hartsville, you know, they all just talked like, man, what a what a neat setup you got here at the stadium, and you know, there's there's Spanish moss everywhere, and um, we we got those bugs that that uh, that bite every listen. They bite us too, man. We're we're just a little bit more used to it. Um, they ought to pay attention. But it is. That's it's all a, I'm it, saying. Yeah, oh yeah. It, but it's a neat, neat place, and uh, and and we're very fortunate and very happy to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you here with us tonight, Coach. Now, you know, this past year, I was actually uh, we did TV at the fort. Of course, I was uh, the voice of the Patriots with Coach Brad, which. You know, I'd, I'd known Coach Pratt for a long time as I was over at Somerville with Coach McKissick and Coach Callback and, of course, his days before he went to Oceanside. But, you know, there's just something special about uh, the, the, the teams down in the low country. Let me ask you this, though. And, and being a low country coach, we've seen football where, you know, we didn't have the run that we wanted to have if you're a low country guy like we are down here on this side of the lower state. And now you see basketball kind of take a hit, football kind of take a hit. What is it about the teams down here in the lower state? And let's just get, let's get personal real quick, Coach. What is it about the low country that we seem like we – are we missing something? What, what do you think it is about our guys that we need to find a way 
I guess that's the way to, to get past that one hurdle so that we can start winning state championships over on this side. Yeah, well, so so I grew up in Greenwood, so so uh, kind of kind of you know my background is in the upstate, and I guess mm-hmm. um, you know whether it was when I was at Carson Newman traveling around and recruiting and um, doing things like that, or whether it's been coaching most of my coaching career in high school has been in the lower part of the state. But you know, I I think one of the big things is 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 you look at the commitment from um, from really high levels of of what is going to be put into, um, you know, the athletic programs. You know, you just had, you know, coach on from, uh, from T.L. Hanna. I mean, if you, if you go look at T.L. Hanna, I mean, that, that weight room that they built at that school, you know, the, the field, the things that they've done there, I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, those are, those are college type environments. And, you know, you go West side has the same thing and you go to, your Spartanburgs and your Dormans and your Burns and, and Greenwoods. And, um, and I think just, you know, a long time ago, you had people that decided they were really going to put money into athletics. Um, and I think that's probably a little bit where um, we're behind, um, you know, as far as getting caught up facilities that some of these teams are, are working in. And, and I think that's probably something that we've got to catch up with in the lower part of the state. We're catching up right now in the lower part of the low country over there at Buford High School with Coach Bryce. Now, Coach, real quick, I want to make sure I get your last name right now. I keep saying Lee Brand. Is that right? Is it Lee Brand? It's, it's Lie Brand. Lie Brand. Okay, great. So I'm going to make sure I make notations. I don't want to – you know, the one thing I've learned <laughs> in being a voice on a radio guy, you don't want to mess up somebody's last name because mamas, grandmamas, those are the ones that get me. <laughs> it ain't the daddies because daddy's like, look – just make sure you get his stats right. I take care of everything else. Yeah, m- mom doesn't have Twitter, so you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> now, talking about being an all right coach, look at the field, man. I tell you what, if you if look if you dress them up, you put them on, and 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 you you leave the rest up to them because they always said when we were growing up, if you look good, you play good. Man, y'all are looking right. real good. The football facilities, you got that that locker room. The new jerseys are coming out. What was it like for you to see all this updated stuff after you're now going into your second season or now going, of course, heading to that third season? Uh, you know, it was great. Um, you know, one of the things when, when I took over is, is we, we talk with our kids about wanting to be first class, you know, and everything that we do. And, um, you know, and part of that was, was, you know, the way that they look. I, listen, I get it. I know those kids want to look really good. Um, I know they want to – to have um you know the best uniforms and and all that stuff and so you know i told them i, I said hey we're, we're gonna do some fundraising things and if you guys raise money we're gonna be able to to buy things so we're first class and um you know and there was a lot of buy-in from our kids to do that so you know we went out and bought all new nike stuff last year and um we're very fortunate they had a referendum pass here and so we were one of the first two us and well branch got got fields and um you know, we, we went in with a plan of what we wanted that field to look like and, you know, really kind of, you know, held everybody's feet to the fire on, hey, this is this is how we want it to look, and it turned out great. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're coming a long way, and it's um, you, you just have to take it step by step. You know, everybody, everybody wants things to happen immediately, and, you know, there's nobody that wants, you know, everything to happen immediately more than myself or our coaches or our kids, but – um, there's a progression to it. We're taking steps in the right direction. And, um, you know, we're proud of, of the steps that we've been able to take in this program so far. 
hanging out right now with Coach Labrin as we, of course, talk about the boys of Buford down there in uh, the southern part of uh, the low country, if you will. And it doesn't get any more low country than down at Buford as uh, they do big things, not just on a Friday night, but it's a Sunday through Monday possibility that they can win a state championship and about anything they put their hands on from the boys to the girls and hair of course talking football with their head football coach now spring ball going to be happening coach I know you guys got to be ecstatic about that and talk about that coming out just a few weeks ago along with do you like playing week zero do you like having the playoffs the way it was what's your take on those three different categories if you don't mind yeah spring practice is huge I mean especially after losing it last year um, it's just such a big thing, you know, to to be able to to get you know some refreshers from the past year and and roll into summer and and kind of your guys are ready to go. It's just such a big deal. So um, I know that was something that all the coaches around the state. There's kind of a group message with the head coaches, and I know that all the coaches were really fighting to make sure that we were going to have um, spring practice. So when we heard you know that that was probably going to happen, that was um, you know, certainly a good thing. Um, I'm a proponent of week zero. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I don't necessarily like the idea that we're just going to play 10 straight weeks and then go straight into a um, a playoff situation because, you know, then there's there's no room to, to do a bye week. And, and I really think from a, a recovery standpoint for the kids' bodies, I think that's important. You know, when you put them through a gauntlet of, you know, potentially for a team that goes to a state championship 14, 15 straight weeks, um, that's really, really hard. Um, you know, for us down here, it's hard for us to schedule, um, you know, because those Charleston schools cross with each other because they've got the, the two 5A regions there. Um, so so it's hard for us to schedule. Um, so we have to dip down into Georgia to find games. And so, you know, if we don't have a little bit of movement in our schedule, it's very hard for us to get those games that we need. So, um, I, I'm a big proponent of week zero and, you know, the playoff thing, I, I get the argument that, that if you go shorter on the playoffs that you, um, you know, that, that that's one less week of wear and tear on the kids' bodies. And yes, I agree with that, but you know, there's something special about playing in the playoffs. I think one more round gives more kids the opportunity, um, to play in the playoffs and, and who knows, you know, teams that are, that are a three seed or, four, I mean, we played Hartsville. Um, you know, two years ago, my first year here as a head coach, and Hartsville was a three seed. That team was really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, almost beat Myrtle Beach, who ended up playing for a state championship. So, you know, I think it gives people the opportunity. I think there's good enough teams in that in that three um, seed range that um, it, it just makes too much sense to 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 go back and um, go back to the 32 teams like they had a couple of years ago. Here we go now in a great conversation as we have another great, outstanding five-star coach on Southern Sports Central, part of that Palmetto State pride and doing what they do in high school football coaches here tonight on Southern Sports Central. We are live down at Buford High School with Coach LeBrand and, of course, enjoying the conversation. And, Coach, the final thing I'm going to ask you, you already knew it's coming, do you like to win more than you hate to lose, or which one of these two do you – kind of lean towards uh when you have the the question opposed to you uh you know a, a little bit one of the things coach for me said he said you know this is uh he said that those losses linger with you more um I, that's certainly true um but i guess i guess my time at clemson uh 
and, and following that program uh, since I left is has kind of made me push more towards you know enjoying winning. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if if you're not if you're not having fun with with winning football games, then um, then then this is a really hard business. Um, and so, I think you just got to find joy in winning. I think you got to find joy in uh, seeing the kids happy, uh, seeing your assistant coaches happy, um, seeing the community rally around your kids when when they put in a week of hard work and and they've won and um so you know i I always want to find joy in that so um i'm probably a little bit more motivated by that than i am losses but um the the losses certainly you know like coach said the losses stick with you a little bit longer uh than the wins do uh i think that's just part of being a coach is you're just you're you're taught to figure out the issue when when you're losing and so when you've lost games it's it's hard to let that go but um you know for me it's just about trying to find joy when you when you because listen you know last year we only had you know seven opportunities to win football games and um we were able to win five of them so um one of the things that i love about football is it's it's one of the few times in kids lives now where there's delayed gratification you know that they they work, you know, if you go through, you know, weightlifting in the off season, summer workouts, practices, all that stuff, you know, they may work 200 days out of the year to have 10 to 15 chances to play on a football field in front of, in front of fans with the lights on against another team. And so, you know, I think that's a great lesson for kids, you know, is, is that, you know, you, you have this opportunity to, to, to seize this moment. So go seize it. And when, and when they're, you know, able to go win a game, uh, I think it's great to celebrate that and let them have fun with it. So, uh, you know, hopefully we're able to find some joy, you know, in those wins. Well, you know, it's interesting. We talk about, uh, of course, a lot of things. And Coach Steve LaPrade, uh was a uh, was a guy that I had a chance this year to work with as uh, I, I did a coaching show with him right after he won uh, his uh, signature win with 150. And, and, you know, the first thing he said, Richie, you know, to be honest with you, you know, I, I can remember all of the losses I have more than I can remember the wins. <laughs> that was the third thing he hey, told listen, me in our show. Having, that sounds about right. Hey, listen, having worked for Coach LaFrad, I, I 100% believe him when he says that. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, it's a small world and a fraternity and, a, and something that I take a lot of pride in. When, when a guy like you that could be somewhere else tonight doing something, talking to other people, for you to give me 30 minutes of your time away from your family – you know, I greatly appreciate it, and I cannot brag enough about, you know, not only Alvin and Daryl and Eamon and any other, any other, of course, Buford uh, student athlete that's come across our path, man, at any camp. These guys are five-star men. They're great football players, but they're five-star men before they even step on a football field. They're big as all get out, by the way. I've never seen a, a man bigger than Eamon Smalls, and I've never seen a kid cut more than Daryl to pass. I don't know what you feed them. But keep feeding them, and press, I, I promise you, there's gonna be a championship coming around the corner. Well, we sure hope so, and and uh, you know, having guys like that, you know, it makes it makes it very enjoyable for us. And we've got we've got a ton of other ones that uh, that that probably go a little bit unseen. And so, uh, sure, you know, anytime you've got an opportunity where we can come on and talk about those guys and brag on these kids and brag on Buford football, uh, I'll I'll be here. 
Well, Coach, here's what we'll do, and I'll finish it with this. We are going to actually do a show. We'll do a show where we'll let you come in, and we'll, we'll give you guys a power hour. We'll just do nothing but certain high schools around the state. That's going to happen a little bit closer to the summertime, but then you can bring me uh, your guys and your dudes, if you will, that you want to shine because I'd love the opportunity, Coach. Uh, thanks again for uh, hanging out tonight for a week. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Thanks, Richie. Always a pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, the bus is now back on the way to Charleston. As we want to thank all of our coaches, just wrapping up there with Coach Bryce Lybrand. I want to make sure I get his last name right because it's just as important as our ballers on a Friday night. Of course, uh, right before him, it was Coach Jason Tone from T.L. Hanna. They did some big things this year as well. How about Coach Perry Wilbright, Lexington High School's athletic director, head football coach? Don't go anywhere because Coach Smitty, yep, that's the guy that you all know very well, is the athletic director, head football coach over at C.E. Murray. It started off at 630 with David Shelton. With the Post and Courier, big-time supporter and a contributor at Southern Sports Central, the Bobby Harden Show here in Charleston. Also, of course, Bill Cornblue on Friday nights. I want to give a shout-out real quick because I think this is important. Another one of our big-time guys, this time in Georgia. Oh, man, how about this guy? All the way from, uh, well, we'll tell you a little bit about this guy, Kareem Reed. He was, of course, the head football coach over at Griffin. He just got the opportunity, as he's just said, about five hours ago, he's now committed to going back home to where he played ball at the University of Central Florida with Coach uh, Coach Malzahn will be there. Of course, uh, Coach Reed, Kareem Reed, is part of that tradition of Cedar Grove. You saw Perry Parks a couple of weeks ago taking the job over at UNCC. That's UNC Charlotte. And if you would ask those guys, they're part of the Bonner boys. That's right, Coach Bonner, who has produced talent after talent after talent, because guess who else they got in this tree that is doing big things in the world of college coaches. Coach Jimmy Smith, the running back coach of Arkansas and the Razorbacks. Look at that. I tell you what, small world doing great things. Eugene, we've got about a minute left, and it's been a solid show from top to bottom. Great job putting it all together on Twitter. Yeah, I appreciate it. And, uh, good to, you know, you brought up Coach Reed, man. That's a heck of a – uh, uh, move for him, man. Now he's at, down at Central Florida School. I was at uh, just two weeks ago and got to see the indoor facility and a little bit of the stadium. And uh, you know, he invited us once he gets settled in and they're allowed to have visitors. He invited Southern Sports Central not only to come down and tour all the facilities and see the ins and outs of you know the big Division One program, but you know, like you said, you know, building those relationships and maybe we can uh, you know be be an avenue and uh, create and and send some ballers his way. So, you know, you never know. And like, like we said on Twitter there, and you can follow the tweets between us, is that uh, it's relationships that matter. And that's a heck of one yep. to have. We're very proud of them. No doubt. Going out with a bang. You did that, Griffin. Coach, congratulations on behalf of all of us to all of you. Don't forget tomorrow night, it is the West Foundation Sports Show with Everett 6, six to 9. We'll be back live on Wednesday right here on Southern Sports Central from 6 to 9. Follow us on Facebook, Southern Sports Central, and Twitter, SO Sports Central, guys. Going out with a bang, Coach. Great job. Congratulations, Coach Cream. We appreciate you. Looking forward to watching you. My taxes are due. Do my past will begin with a one or a two. Been a hell of a ride, but I'm thinking it's time to grow. Metronome. Man, I'm up to something. Booty la do Thank you all for coming. I hope you like the show, cause it's on a budget. So who did I do? Yeah, come on, here we go. Yeah, come on, here we go. Hey!